This is Free Talk Live. It's your show, and you can bring up whatever's on your mind toll-free at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. We're launching into another week of fun and excitement, and it's going to be an extra fun week on uh, Free Talk Live. Normally, we enjoy ourselves on this program, but this particular week is going to be extra fun. Number one, because Mark's not here for two out of the the, uh, six days. And number two, because when Mark returns, we'll be going to the Porcupine Freedom Festival. We and many others uh, will be attending the Porcupine Freedom Festival. I think most all of our co-hosts will be attending. I know that hundreds of liberty-loving people will be there. In fact, it's my understanding that Jason Osborne from SACL CAI, the prime sponsor of this program, has already arrived at the Porcupine Freedom Festival as of yesterday. The guys from the Motorhome Diaries rolled into Keene in their RV Marv yesterday, and they're still kind of hanging around uh, Keene at the moment, but they'll be heading up to the Pork Fest uh, very shortly, and Free Talk Live will be there Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and we'll leave sometime Sunday. So we'll be broadcasting live every single night from the official side of Pork Fest, but the, uh, the activists decided this is something about the, the liberty movement is when the activists decide that something's not good enough, they don't bitch and they don't moan for the most part. I mean, there may be some exceptions to that. But for the most part, they're self-starters. They go out and they get it done. So somebody said, well, I don't think Porkfest is running long enough this year because it used to be officially a week-long event. Now it's only officially Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. Um, And so the uh, the activists just said, well, we're going to do it for a week anyway. And they went up there, and they've got tents put up, and they're already having themselves a good time. Maybe if we're lucky, somebody's managed to tune in. It's my understanding they do have Internet access up there at the uh, the campground. And so perhaps somebody is listening to Free Talk Live, wants to call in with uh, the first Pork Fest update. Of course, that's completely up to whoever's listening at 800-259-9231. I'm excited. I wish I could go up tomorrow. I, I mean, I, it's not like I couldn't afford to do it, but I also have work I, I really need to get done. So we'll be staying here uh, throughout the week, and we'll do our shows uh, here Monday and Tuesday without Mark. Mark will return Wednesday, and the next day we'll be broadcasting live from the Pork Fest. But tonight, I welcome Gardner Goldsmith. Hello, sir. I am doing very well, and I'm glad to be here. Hello. Thank you for the welcome, buddy. Always nice to have you uh, in the uh, the studio here with us. And, of course, we'll take your phone calls about whatever's on your mind at 800-259-9231. You are planning a trip to the Porcupine yes. Freedom Festival. And you, you line it up perfectly. It's going to be a great time. There are going to be all these people who are coming that everybody has heard about. If they've, if they've just joined up with Free Talk Live and found out about Free Talk Live, a lot of the people who are, as you say, co-hosts, I think almost all of them are going to be there. Mm-hmm. I'm really looking forward to going up there. Uh, I'm going to be arriving probably Friday around noontime. Uh, we're going to have a great time. As you said, Jason Osborne is already there. He has planted. The lunar module is on the surface, <laughs> and Osborne is ready to roll. Yeah, if Jason Osborne is is there, wherever you are, <laughs> then the party has officially started. Oh, yeah, it's going to be great. And I'm so glad that uh, Jason and Pete of Motorhome Diaries are on their way. Well, they're already here, and they'll be heading up there, too. That's right. It's going to be great. Awesome. All right. And it's so, good to be here. Thanks, Ian. Yeah, well, let's jump right into the phone calls, because that is the point of the program. And if we get a chance, uh, we'll get to some emails here. And I know, Guard, you've got something over at LewRockwell.com you wanted to comment on yeah. uh, about minarchists. But first, let's talk to Alex in Wisconsin. Alex, you're on Free Talk Live with Ian and Gardner. Hey, guys. Hey, hey. what's on your mind tonight? Um, I just wanted to tell you guys about my re- recent police experience. Oh, boy. I hope you weren't in Oklahoma. No, no, fortunately not. I try to avoid that place at all costs. Um, so but, what happened? Well, I was driving back from an event I was at with a friend, and I was giving her a ride home. And 
the cop pulls me over, and I realize it's because I have expired tags. I know it's not because I'm speeding, because I'm not speeding because I have expired tags. Mm -hmm. Whatever, he pulls me over. I figure there's probably better things you can do with this time, but hey, nothing more dangerous than someone with expired tags. But he pulls me over, gets my license. He says, let me just get through, we'll get through this real quick, and I'll have you on your way. I'm like, okay. I look in the rearview mirror, and I see another cop car is pulled up, and I see the two officers coming to the car, and I think, what's going on? Asks me to step out of the car and claims I have a suspended license. Hmm. Doesn't tell me why it's suspended. He doesn't know why, he says. But he says, we'll figure it out once we go to the station. Oh, great. He, he then proceeds to handcuff me, put me in the back of the cop car, take me to the police station, fingerprint me, take my mug shot, get those pertinent questions like where I work, on um, my social security number, all the information that they need about did, me, apparently. Did you give up all that info? Yeah, because one, I was kind of frustrated with this, and two, unfortunately here, I know like in New Hampshire, there's more people to support you. I don't really have any sort of support network. Yeah, yeah. So, and I'll admit it, I was kind of afraid to try pushing the police officer at all. The one thing I did try to do was I tried to actually question the things he was asking me about. Like when he asked me where I work, I was like, what does that have to do with anything? Am I going to be, you know, is there gonna, something more going to happen to me if I was unemployed? <laughs> no, they just want to know where they can come and find you if they need to. Cause problems likely. for you with your employer. Yeah, but the best part happened today when I called the DMV. My license is not suspended. It's a mistake. Oh, great. So wait a minute. What happened when you processed through and they just let you out at the police department? Well, he said, we're going to let you off on your own court. It's not like you need anyone to bail you out for this, but you do have this court date. You need ah. this. And he was showing me how he was being kind with me, and he's not giving me an actual ticket for the expired tag. He was being nice to me and just, you know, pulled me over and then put me through all that because of my, quote-unquote, suspended license, which... As I was saying, I found out today it wasn't suspended. It was a, it must have been a mistake on the police department's part. And while I can probably go and get that taken care of, the ticket and everything, what's the likelihood you guys think of them deleting all my information from their system? Oh, oh, yeah, yeah, that's not going to happen. Yeah, no way. No way. So you, you, you gave are. them the information, so they're going to keep it. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Uh, and and I know that nervousness on your part too. I mean, one would be very troubled to try to figure out what is he, what he's going to do if he doesn't have this side of, sort of support team that they have around here in New Hampshire. Yeah. I don't blame you for, for giving it. I was just asking if you did or not. Uh, I, yeah, I think I, that... like I said, and I understand what I am going to try to do is because regardless, I'm still going to have to go to the court date according to the police department. That's mm -hmm. what I wanted to know. Why do you have to still go to the court date? Well, what I am going to try to do is I do have a couple of friends here who would be willing, I think, to come and at least try to videotape everything. Mm. And that's what I'm going to try to do. I don't know if they will, and I don't know what that experience here is going to be like. Yeah. But I do want to at least ask them, because I want to ask questions like, what was the point of this, and what are you going to do to compensate me? Because not only did, you, <laughs> did they take my time, but they took my information, and now that stuff's out there, yeah. and it really shouldn't be. It was their fault. Yeah, it would be All very interesting points. to follow up on that and find out also if they start to bring up uh, the fact that the police officer didn't do anything about your uh, expired registration for your car. 
whether or not that will be brought up in the court if you give them some flack, if you draw at them for anything, like if you say, hey, how am I going to be compensated for my lost time, for these troubles, if they say, well, you know, the police stop was appropriate because uh, your stickers were off date and they should have pulled you over. Right, so your license wasn't suspended, but the registration was still out of date. Yeah, and it... I mean, it's very important that that's up to date, that I can play the permission to drive my car on that road. Yes, so. exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And don't forget, like, that New York story where the uh, car was sitting on the side of the road for three weeks with a dead body in it. <laughs> and they just yeah. kept ticketing it over and over again without actually contacting the family and saying, hey, uh, you know, there's a car on the side of the road. We got these license plates and the car is registered supposedly for your protection so we can get sure. it back. Clearly, that's not why they have you register your car they register the car so they can get money out of you right right they're not interested in providing you with any real service of value uh, they're just interested in extracting uh, money from you you know it makes me think if, if obviously we like to talk about the alternative to this sort of uh, problem that you run into the alternative to the state the alternative to coercion and force which was which would be a voluntary system such as what you might have in a larger disney world type of a uh, type of a scenario if you were contracting with the private company not only would they be you know watching out for safe drivers and things like that, making sure people weren't uh, on the roads who weren't supposed to be on the roads who hadn't contracted with these guys or had a reciprocal relationship to get on these private run roads, Uh, they would actually probably be also a help team, and they could help you out if you were stuck on the side of the road like that guy in New York. They'd be checking these things out. It would all be one thing. Gardner, Gardner, this (laughs) real life is not Disney World. We need a government to take care of these things, policing, etc., etc., Actually, well, we're talk and my about, favorite part about yeah. the whole thing was there's roads where people speed and children get hit because they're speeding recklessly. Like they're going 45, 50 on a 25-mile-per-hour road. Mm-hmm. But they're going to pull me over because my tags are expired? Good call, Alex. Uh, let us know what happens with your court date, and thank you for the uh, the story tonight here. 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. You can bring up anything. This is Free Talk Live. Are you an active free stater living in New Hampshire? Are you and your family moving to New Hampshire in the near future? A new web series about the Free State Project is currently casting. Interested? Send us a short video about yourself. Tell us what you're doing or planning on doing to achieve liberty in your lifetime. Show us what makes you interesting. Upload your video to YouTube and send the link to fspwebseries at gmail.com. Don't have a video camera? Ask about other submission options. fspwebseries at gmail.com. This is Free Talk Live, your show. You bring up anything toll-free, 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line, and it's Ian here with you. And guard. And you can join us online at freetalklive.com. All the features we give to you, free, so... Enjoy those on us. Those other talk show hosts want to charge you for their websites, except you, Gardner. You, you're one of the few and the proud uh, with free websites where Absolutely. listeners can just go and listen and experience. And your website, by the way, is libertyconspiracy.com. Thank you. That's, you are a gentleman, sir. Yep, uh, libertyconspiracy.com. You get Gardner's show, The Liberty Conspiracy. You'll also get uh, – you, you do some occasional blogging, don't you? Yes, yeah, well? we do blogging, and we have uh, also the members of the cabal, who are the people who support us financially. Uh, they, they do blogs when they want to, and they can have things turned into their own audio blogs. And we're starting up a new oh, thing. Oh, yeah, you were telling me about that. That's yeah, cool. Yeah, I'm starting up something coming up uh, probably this week. We're going to sort of go a little bit lighter as we go towards uh, Porkfest, which is going to be Song versus Song. 
conspirators, uh, the people who, who back us up, the, the cabal members mm-hmm. and so on, that I want them to pick songs that they really like and tell us why they're so awesome. And we'll have mm-hmm. uh, every weekend we'll have a poll up on which song was better. And uh, yeah, it'd be kind of fun, you know, something different, get away from politics, get into some rock and roll or whatever it might be. You know, it could be Vivaldi against uh, the who, who knows, you know. Very good. So yeah. you can experience that at libertyconspiracy.com. Also, Free Talk Live's website is free as well, which is freetalklive.com. And one of the features you're going to find there is the bulletin board system. Over 450,000 posts await you. There's an awful lot to talk about, and it's all completely free at bbs.freetalklive.com. That's bbs.freetalklive.com. I mentioned that Jason Osborne from SACL CAI is already at the Porcupine Freedom Festival. He arrived yesterday. He's hanging out. Keeping it real, as As he likes to say. Uh, So if you want to meet Jason, he is there now, and uh, he'll be there all weekend long as well, or all weekend, weekend. Uh, And he is the the man behind SACL CAI. So if you have a business or you know of someone who has a business that needs to try something new in the area of collections, you need to get in touch with SACL. They do collections, early out billing, and they purchase charged-off receivables. SACL's employees are trained in resolving issues for your customers and treating them with respect. They know that not only do you want to collect your money, but you want to keep your clients, too. SACL CAI, check out their banner right there at the top of freetalklive.com. Again, that's SACL CAI. Let's continue taking your phone calls about what you want. Chris is in Texas. Chris, you're on Free Talk Live with Ian and Gard. Howdy, guys. Chris, what's hey. on your mind tonight? Well, a couple things. I, I wanted to comment on the last caller who was talking about getting arrested. Now they, they have his information. I wanted to say, you know, for $1,000, you can have it expunged, and they will uh, yeah. they will take the record of arrest off what? the screen that police officers have when they pull you over. Now they do still keep that information in case it should ever be needed. Uh, for $1,000? Is this only available in Wisconsin, or where did you hear about well, this? Well, this is the price in Texas. I, I was kind of rude to a police officer one time, and so he arrested me and made up some charges and then didn't show up at the trial when, you know, when I contested it. Mm-hmm. Then I started thinking, how do you how do you get that off your record? Because they've got my fingerprints, and, and I never did anything wrong other than I just kind of really what it was was non-cooperation. I said, you can't come in my house unless you have a warrant, et cetera, et cetera, and they didn't like that, so they arrested me. And charged me with public intoxication, even though I had nothing to drink that night. <laughs> oh boy! So, anyway, did but, you say that yeah, the cops the, were the pre- were drunk on power? <laughs> I don't know what it, I. I actually requested the police report, and it was filled with all sorts of stuff. Like this guy could barely stand up; he was slurring his speech, and he smelled strongly of marijuana. And hmm. I, I, I don't use drugs. I, I hmm. didn't understand it at all. I mean, wow. But I, I was very coherent, and the only thing I was saying was, I don't really want you guys coming in here without a warrant. You know, I'm sorry. And they didn't like that. So so this but, was at your house where this happened? Yeah, yeah, this was probably about, oh, I guess like six years ago, something like that. And I had some friends over, and somebody had knocked on the door, and I opened the door, and it was just some guy dressed normal clothes and everything. And he said, what are you doing here? And I said, well, I've got some friends over. And I was like, you want to come in and meet everybody? Here? And he said, no. I'm sorry. It was your house, right? Yeah. yeah. He yeah. asked you what you're doing there. I live here. Thanks. What well, are you there were some people standing out on the front porch, and uh-huh. I mean, people were drinking, but it was still early in the night. Yeah. I had just, I had just gotten there. I had a roommate also, and he's, it was, he's the one that had invited the people over. I mean, I knew they were coming over as a combined thing, but we hadn't really started, you know, partying or anything. Okay. But yeah, he apparently he was an off-duty officer, and when you know he presented his badge to me and said, you know, I need to see your ID, and I said, huh? you know, I'm I'm sorry, um, 
you can leave yeah. you can come back if you have a warrant. Good for you. It took probably four minutes, and, and there was a lot of police cars there, and wow. I went to jail. Wow. So, what was the, what yeah. was the charge in that case? Public intoxication is what I got charged with. While you were on you your were private on your property. property. Yeah, actually, when the police showed up, they started banging on the door, and I just said, well, I'm not going to answer it. And, you know, it was dead silent in the house at that point. And mm-hmm. I uh, I decided to go on the back porch and talk to him over the fence after about 10 minutes of them not stopping banging on the door, which yeah. now I wouldn't even do that. But mm-hmm. then that really upset them that I didn't open the front door, and they wanted to come in and look through and check and make sure everybody was over 21. And I just said no. And then they wow. said, well, you know, you need to come out here and talk to us right now. And I said, I'm on my property. I don't need to do that. And they said, well, now you're disobeying us, and we can oh, arrest man. you for disorderly conduct. <laughs> and that's when you said get a warrant, right? No, that was that later on when a whole bunch of them no, showed when, up. No, when they said I was going to jail if I didn't come outside, that's when I said no problem, and I jumped over the fence. Now, I yeah. still didn't open my door. I just hopped over the fence. Yeah, but you still went, I, you went to jail anyway, right? Yeah, they, they couldn't charge me with disorderly conduct because, I mean, I got tackled, and I definitely was smarter than to to resist. I mean, yeah. there was no way I was going to sit there and resist. So They tackled you I, after you came outside? Volunte- you came out to them voluntarily? My feet had – I jumped the fence, and my feet had barely hit the ground before there was five of them holding me down. Wow. And, oh, man. I mean, it, they, didn't, they didn't talk to me at all. I mean, at that point, what they did was they, you know – they handcuffed me and they threw me in the back of the police car and then they went back to the front door of my house where they started banging on the door again and they got a friend of mine to um, open the door because oh, no. I was no longer there saying don't open the door and that person consented to allow my house to be searched. Oh, no. I, I mean, there was nothing There was nothing illegal going on. Except was, for what the know, police did. Together. As far as I'm concerned, what they did should be illegal, but of course they're on the side of the law, so anything they do is virtually unassailable. That's right. Uh, how, was your, how did your house look when you came back to it after they searched it? Well, it, I mean, it, they were in and out pretty quick. It, it's... I think they realized pretty quickly that this was not, you know, a big drug fest, which I think is what they were probably looking for. So they didn't throw stuff out of the the drawers uh, or anything like that. They just poked around a little. I, I I was in the back of the police car. I mean, I knew they went in and they were in there maybe about eight or nine minutes. And hmm. well, I mean, that's really about all I know. What about and, your I mean, reputation friend. with your neighbors? You know, even if you could get this, you know, a, a lot of times locally, the local papers will publish this in the papers, you know, so-and-so arrested for this, or DWI, or speeding ticket, that sort of thing. It's posted in your local paper, and all the little vultures will be staring at these police reports this week, you know? Yeah, and they've convicted you already, even yeah, though you've just been you, arrested. Yeah, how do you do you know if this was published locally, and, and how do you feel about trying to uh, regain your good name after these charges were basically recognized by the court as being trumped up. Well, I, you know, basically the only the only route I really had was to to fight it, and you know I was looking into as far as I mean it being published in the paper. This is Austin. I mean, there's probably a million plus people here. They didn't. They didn't. They didn't a blip, just a blip on the radar. Like hey, I'm going to bring you back here because I still want to know where the $1,000 offer came in and whether or not you took it. Hang on, all right? Uh, more with Chris here in Texas, 800-259-9231. Did he pony up the 1000 bucks? Hope not. It's Free Talk Live. 
Hey, this is Mike. This is Jamie from Wheels Off Liberty inviting you to join us on our weekly podcast about freedom that even two idiot rednecks like us can understand. Take it from the only two hosts that have been gay married, had an Xbox playing pot-induced honeymoon, and then got gay divorced. We believe in liberty for everyone. So join us every week on www.wheelsoffliberty.com for a one-of-a-kind take on liberty and freedom. This is Free Talk Live. You can take control of the airwaves and bring up whatever you want. Just dial toll-free 800-259-9231. It's the SACL CAI toll-free line. And joining you tonight, it's Ian with you. And Guard. And you can join us online at freetalklive.com. We've got features, a lot of them, and they're all free. The archives are included. In fact, they go back for an entire year completely free right there on the front page of the website. You just click and download and enjoy on us at freetalklive.com. Also, you can enjoy a free audiobook from audible.com. It's the Internet's leading provider of spoken audio entertainment. You can listen whenever and wherever you want, just like a podcast. Audible has over 60,000 titles to choose from. Every genre, they've got it covered. Get an, uh, get your free audiobook download when you sign up today at audiblepodcast.com slash FTL. That's audiblepodcast.com slash FTL for your free audio book. Let's continue and bring back Chris in Texas. Now, Chris, you were telling us uh, what turned out to be a very outrageous story uh, about your experience at your own home down there in Austin. You were having a get-together with some friends, a under not an undercover officer, but an off-duty officer, uh, police officer showed up at your front door you, not knowing who he was, opened the door and talked to him. Uh, he then wanted information from you, which you weren't really interested in giving him, so he called his cop buddies. They showed up. Uh, they pounded on the door for several minutes until you finally came out into the backyard. They managed to convince you to, to come out front because they basically said they were going to take you to jail if you didn't. Turns out they took you to jail anyway. Because, well, you can't believe the cops when they tell you things. They're they're legally allowed to lie to you in order to get you to, to obey them and to do what they want you to. So you went out front not knowing what to expect, what was going to happen. That's at the, it's, It was at that point that they tackled you, uh, took you to the ground, even though you hadn't harmed anybody. You were just uh, not doing what they wanted you to do. Are you still with us, Chris? Yeah, I'm still here. So did I get any of that? Uh, did I m- 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 uh, misunderstand any of what you had to say there? That's pretty much how it went so far. So then so, uh, what happened at that point? Well, they threw me in the drunk tank, and wow. <laughs> Did they arrest any of your uh, friends at that point, too, or was it just you that got arrested? No, they they actually just told everybody to go home, mm-hmm. and they left. And, well, yeah. they left with me. So, I, I mean, from that, I don't know if an officer hung around after that. To mm-hmm. be honest with you, I, everybody was just so appalled at the way everything played out. I mean, some people, you know, that that haven't really come to the conclusion that the government's not your friend. They were kind of like, well, why were you, you know, why were you acting like that towards the cops? Yeah, you know, why don't you bend like down and kiss, cops? why don't you bend down Absolutely. and kiss their boot, Chris? What are you thinking? You see, cops are like a blanket, and when a baby gets smothered by the blanket, it's the baby's fault because he rolled around in it. Cops <laughs> are really good. Isn't that the truth? Well, so I didn't, I, to be honest with you, I, I, I just got really frustrated in talking to a lot of my friends about it, but... The flip side, they at least understood that I didn't really do anything wrong, so nobody really held anything against me. And and you brought up my neighbors before. My neighbors were actually there uh-huh. at, okay. at the place. So, I mean, right. they they witnessed the whole thing happen, too. So, when so it, I, how did you get out of the drunk tank? I mean, how long were you in for? What happened there? They kept me all night, and then the next morning at 10 o'clock or so, 
they they just sent me on my way, and I still didn't even know what I was charged with. And I kept asking the police, you know, can you tell me why I'm here? And, I mean, just being in the the drunk tank, as they call it with everybody, it instantly, it doesn't matter if you're sober or who you are or anything. The, the police really just, they look at you as being wasted drunk, no matter how coherent you are. Mm-hmm. I, mean, I mean, just being around all those people. And, I mean, they were throwing up in there. And oh, it was, no, geez. Everybody they pulled over for DWIs that night kept showing up. And, oh, it was it was disgusting. Wow. Did you get any sleep that night at all? None. No, at about 5 a.m. they came in and they gave everybody an orange and said, here's your breakfast. Wow. How nice. So I, I gave my orange away. So I didn't they, really want to. So you didn't go in front of a judge. They just let you out. Was it when? What night of the week was your party? It wasn't a Friday night. It was some other night? No, it, it was a Friday night. Wow. And so you so actually it, got it, out it of jail a, on a Saturday? Saturday morning about 10. They just let me go. And I said, well, you know, I still don't know what I'm charged with. And they said, well, you're being released on a, a PR bond and you have to appear in court in two weeks before whatever judge. I don't remember. But yeah. And, and when did the thousand dollar offer come in? Because it was the original thing you brought up in your call was that uh, you could pay a thousand dollars and they would partially wipe your information from the system. How, how well, did that come up? They never made that offer, period. They oh. They wanted me to pay up. They never made me any offers other than, you know, pay it. And I ended up um, probably spending close to a hundred hours down here at the University of Texas Law Library, going through books, trying to figure out, you know, how to fight this. And I went to Jeez. trials mm. of other people that were arrested for public intoxication. And mm-hmm. oh my God, they they hung everybody. I mean, now was just, that the only charge you got was public intoxication, or did they also throw in a di- uh, disobeying an officer charge? Or well, I never actually disobeyed the officer when he said, "I'm going to arrest true. you." I, I cooperated, point. so all I got was the the public intoxication public. charge. Okay. Wow. And it was, so, a, was that I, a misdemeanor? I, I'm sorry? Is that a misdemeanor in Texas? Yeah, yeah. Okay. It's up to a $500 fine, which, yeah, I mean, isn't a whole lot of money, but it was more the point of the matter. Sure. So and I, I figured out to file a motion to suppress, and I did that on my own. And then I, I won that, and then the prosecutor for the case took it to the Court of Appeals and got it overturned. I mean, the whole process went on almost two years oh, of me filing motions and showing up for court every two, three months. I mean, they they will not let stuff go. Yeah, they no. want to wear you down, you know. They they want to make they just want you to pay. And well, this do is what they, they do. Can. I mean, think about that. That you don't have you're not a lawyer. You don't know their system. You don't speak their language. This legalese. This it, it looks like English, but it's not really because they can redefine words that we think we know, but they uh, can mean something completely different. This is what they do for a living. This judge and the clerk or whoever else it was you were dealing with, they run these cases all the time. And so for them, it's just a little bit more paperwork. But for you, it's absorbing information that is so some of the most difficult to understand and comprehend that I've ever come across, oh, yeah. and I've only dabbled in it just a little bit. Uh, so how can anybody be expected to have a fair shake at defending themselves in this system without hiring one of their own people, the lawyer, uh, the, you know, the official bar certified attorney, to, uh, to take the case, which of course is what they, one of the things they want you to do. That's why the system, partially why the system exists, to give lawyers work. If there weren't so many damn laws, uh, most of them completely victimless for you to break, then what would the lawyers be busy doing? And, they they and, have to defend real criminals. And Chris, uh, and Ian just mentioned victimless victimless laws, uh, and victimless crimes. Uh, I find it entertaining to no end uh, to actually explore or talk to people a little bit about the moment that they realized 
that police really aren't there to stop crime. Uh, in fact, as statistics show, crimes are stopped by hundreds of times, X-factor times, more often by private citizens sure. than they can be by cops because police can't be everywhere. And while we know that some police officers do go into very dangerous situations, the bulk of a police officer's time is spent arresting people or fining them for things that have not brought harm to anybody else. Well, they have no obligation to go into any dangerous yes. situation at all. They have no obligation to do any protecting. Uh, the Supreme Court has ruled that again and again. So you, uh, so you actually won your case at first, then the state appealed that up. What happened after that? Huh. Well, so the the, obviously, I had no idea how to file an appeal with the the the, the higher court. I don't know the name of it now. Supreme but Court, yeah. It, yeah, it wasn't the Supreme Court. It was the, the one in between the Supreme Court and the, the local court. Okay. So I, I lost that, though. And so then the case mm -hmm. got reactivated, and then you know, it dragged on another year or so, something like that. And finally... Finally, I got my day in court, and I subpoenaed my friends to, you know, say this guy wasn't drunk, first of all. Second of all, the only reason he came out of his house was because he was told he was going to be arrested if he didn't. And the minute we walked into the courtroom, the state dismissed the charges. That's amazing. So all they blinked. Wasted time. After all that time, they just said, here you go, we're dismissing the charges. So this is what I actually called in originally to say it was about the $1,000. So... I started thinking, well, I got fingerprinted, and I got booked, and I got my mugshot taken, and I never did anything wrong. Yeah. So there's got to be some way to get rid of that out of the, the records, and it costs – it may be different in Wisconsin that's if that's crazy. where the previous caller was from, but in Texas, it's an even thousand bucks, and it's getting your record expunged. <laughs> that in other is words, just when you're amazing. found not guilty, that's – I have never heard of anything like that, and it just figures, you what know, just another way for them to, to rake you over the coals and shake your pockets out. Uh, thank you for the call and the story tonight. It was uh, very interesting and, I, uh, and hopefully instructional for people. 800-259-9231. Should we add, I think we should, that uh, if the cops ever come and knock on your door, you have no obligation to open it. Don't listen to what they say. If they're going to arrest you, they're going to come in and do it anyway. Don't give them the opportunity. It's Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live, your show. Bring up whatever's on your mind. Toll free, 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. And tonight, it is Ian here with you. And guard. And you can join us online at freetalklive.com. The features we give away, so enjoy those on us. And if you like the show, want to help support Free Talk Live, you can do that. By becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier for as little as three bucks a month, we take that money in, reinvest it into the show, get on as many radio stations as possible, expand the show out to as many internet listeners as we can, and help expose new people to the ideas of freedom. So if that's valuable to you and you'd like to get some perks like access to the AMP-only call-in lines, chat room, forum, and more, get all the details and get signed up at amp.freetalklive.com. That's amp.freetalklive.com. You know, Ian, it's possible that you could start up some sort of a deal where, you know, you had this thing called the Federal Reserve. And you would issue bonds, and then you would get the money to pay back the bonds from the Federal Reserve to, you know, promote yourself. And it would be sort of this round circle shell game thing. Like but, a fractional reserve ant program yeah, or something? Yeah, but you actually ask <laughs> for people's money voluntarily. Yes. Hmm, that's weird. Crazy. So let us continue here. And then I'll get into the details of what happened today since we've been talking so much about uh, cops and courts. Well, Dave Ridley had a trial today, or there was yeah. a trial, and they forced Dave to attend. Uh, and it was for the recording in the court lobby thing. So he was, as you may recall, if you've listened to the show for a little while, Dave Ridley from RidleyReport.com 
was the first person arrested at Keene District Court for recording in the lobby. Our friend Sam was actually the second person arrested right. for that because he was arrested at Dave's arraignment. So I'll give you the details on that. But first, let's talk to Ben in Arizona. You're on Free Talk Live. Ben. Hey, guys. Hey, Ben. Um, hey. I want to talk to you about um, regarding the Fourth Amendment and a, a driving school a course I was forced to attend recently. Um, a okay. few weeks ago... I got pulled over for going 75 and a 65, and then um, I was told that I had to go to driving school uh, online, which is a little ridiculous if you think about it, that I have to relearn a bunch of random statistics about driving just because I was going 10 over. Mm-hmm. Um, but this is really amazing. I, this is um, It actually kind of sounds like a parody if you think about it, but I found this in the uh, official documents, the um, you know, the, the booklet that they give you yeah. for the driving school course. Um, and it's just a few sentences if I could read it. Yeah, by all means. Uh, you, have memorized, you may have memorized the Fourth Amendment of the Constitution and may even enjoy rehearsing it as you slam a wow. beer while cruising down the street. But over the years, federal and state officials have adjusted the search and seizure protections provided under the Fourth Amendment right. to address any perceived loopholes. In other words, <laughs> they don't need a warrant to take away your breath or your blood, or your urine. According to ARS 28-132-1, your breath, your blood, even your urine doesn't really belong to you. (laughs) Wow, that's scary. Yeah, they found the compelling state interest loophole and all that stuff. Whenever the state says it's necessary, they can just infringe upon your privacy and your freedom whenever they damn well please. Yeah. That's all they have to do is just say it's necessary. That's Orwellian. I thought it was a joke when I read it. That's freakish. You know, it's that's yeah. just that's oh, that's gosh. the sort of thing that, you know, if you had been in high school and you had read about a world where your blood and your urine did not belong to you, uh, people if would I have can't been, keep my urine. What can I keep? That's absolutely unbelievable. Well, you could make the argument that eventually you're going to have to go to the bathroom, but at no point are you going to have to put a needle in your vein and tap out some uh, some blood. That's not a natural process uh, at all. I mean, I'm just and I'm reaching on the whole. You know, eventually you'll have to go to the bathroom, and that and that's true. At that point, the urine does no longer belong to you. You've gone ahead and gone into your toilet. Now it's part of the you know the water supply system. You know, I, uh, but, a while back, uh, it's interesting. That, that the three of us are chatting about this as people listen, because a while back I was reporting on on uh, when Sam got arrested and equating that idea of, well, you know, the court, they say, has to run the justice system, and it would just be unmanageable if they actually allowed people to exercise their journalistic rights in the courtroom. There would be too many people, so of course we have to restrict your rights. We have it's to, necessary. Yeah, we've got to attenuate your rights, which, of course, means that the right is not really recognized as a right by the government because it, if it were recognized, and that's supposedly the reason that they formed the government to mm. protect these sacrosanct rights. Ah, but so, remember Gardner. Mm. When the government speaks, they are usually speaking in legally. So yes. what is the definition of a right legally? That's a very good question. Well, exactly. I'm going by I don't the traditional it. philosophy. Yeah. And and so when you read this, did you bring this up to anybody? What did you what did you say? In did the you, class, yeah. Yeah. 
No, no, I took the class online. Oh, oh that's right. Out. Yeah. Did, have um, you, and I have to sign off on this, you know? Wow. And, of course, uh, they're just stating what is legal precedent. I love that whole, that, that stare decisis idea of, of, well, you know, once it's been decided, then it, it, can't, be, it can't be touched. Why don't they just come right out, Gardner, and say, we own you? I mean, that's kind of a roundabout <laughs> way. The whole thing of, uh, you don't really own your blood slash your, or your breath. Slash whatever. Or, uh, yeah, yeah, it's that's, bizarre. It's a roundabout way of saying, we own you, and you'll oh, do as we exactly say. that's exactly what this says. Yeah. yeah. And then, you know, that goes they own one your blood, st- they own you. Right? Yeah, that that takes it one step further than I remember was it last year I think there was a, another case that reaffirmed the um random traffic stop thing because of course the 4th amendment does say and I love how they put that in the little thing where it said you may have even memorized it preparing to be able to uh, recite it to a police officer. Well, think twice, that sort of idea. Uh it does say that no no searches shall be conducted without a warrant. And yet they continually find that, well, you know, the state has a compelling interest in running the roads, and it would just be unmanageable if we actually allowed you to be able to retain your rights. So, eh, heck with that. Have fun. What are you going to do? They they don't need a warrant to, and they put it kind of smugly, take your breath away, Mm -hmm. your blood or your urine. Yeah, that takes my breath away. And it's just so amazing that they can just flaunt it like this, that they can just... Put it right out there, essentially telling people, hey, we own you. What are you going to do about it? And most people are never going to do anything about it because they just want to be left alone and they'll pay the price. They'll go to jail. They'll do whatever they need to do to get rid of this this overbearing state, at least so they can't feel them breathing mm. down their neck. They just want to be, just leave me alone. I'll pay you whatever you ask. Just leave me and my family alone. But of course, they never will leave you alone. They'll always come back. Unlike the uh, the you know the the robber, or the common criminal. Uh, I guess they're not so common, but uncommon criminals. The common ones are the government people because they're all over the place. But unlike your uh, street robber, your street thug, he just takes your money and goes. Goes on about his way. You'll probably never see him again. Uh, whereas the government people, they'll rob you once, and then they'll rob you the next year, and they'll come back for more, and they'll pull you over and rob you there, and yeah. left and right, it just it just goes on forever. And you know, guys, two things. Uh, one thing is, I, I've I've posed this idea with some people in conversations on on the podcast for my site, and I, I think it is true. I don't know how you you two feel about it. And I'll get to the second point in a minute, and that has to do with a science fiction author. But uh, I I believe that. The state, as an abstract entity, allows people to be much more evil. In fact, it entices them and encourages them and tells them that it is community-minded. It, it allows them to be more evil in their actions than if they were to do these things themselves. Because I totally it, agree. Yeah, it, it, right, right. It insulates them from their predation. They don't realize that by voting to, say, build the new park or to add a new police car or to do this or do that to build a new road, they think what they're doing is good. It's mm-hmm. laudable. When really what they're doing is they're stealing from someone just by yeah. being the majority. It's, it's good truly, people will do good things. Bad people will do bad things. But if you want good people to do bad things... You need the state. Yeah. Now, uh, what what also is interesting is some people who argue against the anarcho-capitalist view, that the pure libertarian view, the pure anarchist view, uh, they'll say something like, well, you know, if you guys set up your anarchist utopia and you had private companies doing the policing on, on private voluntarist lands that were associated with each other through contract and things like that, you would end up having so many onerous rules. It would just be ridiculous. It would be even worse than it is today. You wouldn't be able to do anything. And uh, Larry Niven, who's a uh, 
generally pro-freedom-esque writer, science fiction writer, had a collection called N-Space. And in it, he has a short story. And essentially, in the introduction, he says, this is why I'm not a libertarian. And uh, he's sort of like a social, uh, a con- traditional conservative or something. And he has this world where people can't do anything in their private world because they're always monitored, all their security, they can't do anything. And, of course, we know that that's absolutely a fallacious concept because the market for security would regulate based on what the consumers wanted. If the consumer wants really complicated, complex uh, contracts. Invasion of privacy on the roads. Blood taking. Yes. But if the consumers want uh, easy to understand rules across the board for the most part, then they'll get that too. Absolutely. And who's to say that there wouldn't be two parallel systems? Some people want high, high security and other people, they want to be much more laissez-faire. Absolutely. Hey, uh, any other thoughts for us, Ben? Nope, that's all. Thank you, guys. Good call tonight. Thank you for making it. 800-259-9231. That is the SACL CAI toll-free line. You could certainly say that in in a free market world, there could be some places that have more rules than others. But it's hard to imagine that in a free marketplace where the consumer is in is in control, essentially, that anybody could possibly create as many rules for their own business as the government has created today. Who could tell you couldn't spend the time to write it? There would be no economic incentive to sit down and write all of those rules. You wouldn't have the time for it. You'd be trying to be busy doing whatever the hell it else it is you do to satisfy your customers. We're on the way. Hour two's coming up. Free Talk Live. This is Tim Lewis from iFreedom Direct and a veteran of Operation Iraqi Freedom. On your feet! I want you to know that as a member or veteran of the U.S. military, reserves, or National Guard, you have special rights and privileges earned through your service to your country, including special VA loan programs not available to the general public. You could purchase a new home with no down payment or refi your home up to 100% of your home's equity. You've earned these benefits through your dedication and service. iFreedom Direct, a direct VA lender, can help you discover whether you and your property qualify. Get the details at varadio.com. That's varadio.com. iFreedom Direct Corporation is a private lender approved by the VA and licensed in most states. In certain states, certain restrictions and limitations apply. For a current list of licenses, disclosures, and all benefits, go to varadio.com. 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 This is Free Talk Live. We are launching into the second hour of the program, and you can bring up what you want. Just dial toll-free 800-259-9231. And that number brought to you by SACL CAI. It's 1-800-259-9231. And tonight it's Ian with you. And guard. Join us online at freetalklive.com. All the features are free, so enjoy those on us. Again, freetalklive.com. Let's continue taking your calls, and we'll update you after that on Dave Ridley and what happened in court today. First, let's talk to Daniel in New York. Daniel, you're on Free Talk Live with Ian and Gardner. Yes, how are you doing today? Hey, hey. Daniel, we're uh, doing great. What's on your mind? Uh, that one gentleman was talking about uh, about how they could take the urine and blood and all that. As soon as you get a birth certificate and a social security number, you belong to the government. You know, the parent's child. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I see where you're coming from on that, but I'm pretty sure that even if you don't have a social security number, they'll still consider you one of theirs. <laughs> oh, 
But uh, have you ever seen court papers that all your your whole number is capitalized? Your whole name is capitalized. Yep, yep. Yeah, We've yeah. heard about all that before. Uh, it's the you know the whole uh, corporate, corporate uh, name thing and all that. Uh, and I can tell you, sir, that if you go to court and you try that, uh, you'll still end up in a jail cell. Of course, you know they too. You know when 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 obviously their numbers are higher than yours, it's hard to not. Yeah. Go. Right. Right. And so I, I just thing. I, did, I did some yeah. time in prison and I, I was getting this number at one time on my paperwork and I didn't know what it was, but it's a NYS ID number as well as I received my DIN number as well as I know my social security number and on my license there's another number. So there's four numbers connected to to me mm. as a person and I think that's a citizen's ID number for every state. Well, maybe it's hard to say that that what necessarily exists in New York would necessarily exist somewhere else. That's speculative. Yeah. Uh, but you're right. They I certainly like their numbers. The numbers are. There's so many different numbers that yeah. connect you as a person, so it shows how much they could own you as a person. Yeah, find check, another angle each way. Check it out and see if you get the information. You can uh, forward it on to us sometime. It'd be interesting. Yeah, it's an NYSID number. I'll, I'll do some more research on it. Okay. Well, I just don't know. I, I'm glad you're doing what you're you're following your heart and doing what you think is best. I just don't know how much good can come out of researching uh, stuff like that. I just don't know because I mean I've read. I can tell you I've read a lot about the whole all caps thing and all that because I found it absolutely interesting and fascinating. And you know it does seem like there may be some sort of legal precedent for it, like in that they they may actually do uh, some of the things that the, the the conspiracy theorists out there are suggesting. But uh, and I'm not going to get into all the details as to what that, those things might be. But uh, but there may be some truth to the idea that they do create corporations in your name and 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 sell them for bonds or whatever. That that may be true. But it doesn't even really matter when it all comes said and done because if you try to tell a judge, well, judge, that's not me on that paper. That's an all capitalized name and that's a corporation. And so therefore, I'll be taking my leave of this courtroom. I mean, it's not actually going to do anything to keep you safe from. Their depredations and their violence. Um, yeah. So they would I, say, bailiff, give them the corporate chokehold. <laughs> what about the corporate chokehold? I'm sorry. <laughs> I said the judge ordered the bailiff give this one the corporate chokehold. There you go. Exactly. Uh, yeah, are they going to choke the corporation? No, they're going to choke you. And so, thank you for the call tonight, Daniel. Eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. I tried the whole not consenting thing, and, and that's not really a very uh, that's not really a very conspiratorial idea. I mean, you can spend a lot of time digging into the whole all-caps conspiracy, but yeah. there's no conspiracy. I mean, the Second Amendment, I believe it's the Second Amendment of the New Hampshire Constitution, makes it very clear. Maybe it's the first one. Anyway, it's one or two. Uh, right up there at the top of the con- Constitution, it says that all government uh, is by the consent of govern. Actually, it says all government of right. Uh, so that may, might mean that this is a government a wrong of wrong. Government. Yeah. Uh, but it says all government of right is by the consent of the governed. So I told him I don't consent. So that should nullify all this. I haven't hurt anybody. There's no victim uh, in my case, which was the my tenants had a couch in their yard, and I went to jail for it. But uh, I told them I didn't consent, and that didn't stop them from having a trial and throwing me in a jail cell. They, my consent was not required. You know, that's exactly what what I was thinking about. Uh, you know, if they are unwilling to recognize the constitution of the state, which actually has 
expropriated certain powers from the people in order to create the court system in which they work, if they're unwilling to recognize the Constitution of the United States, which, of course, is supposed to be the supreme law of the United States under which they operate, uh, they're certainly not going to be interested in the esoterica of capital letters yeah. on your birth certificate. <laughs> you know? But it is, it, you know, it's fascinating to speculate about. You, know, you hear these things about how uh, you are a corporate entity so they can derive uh, they can sell bonds based on the number of people they have paying taxes and the number of people they have in the jail systems and all these sorts of things. And that's that's quite fascinating. But it may be said, true. Yeah, on the day-to-day uh, side of it, uh, I I think there are many other things that you can hit every day talking about what what the gang with guns does because yeah. that's not going to stop them. They are the gang right. with guns, and you've got to you've got to expose them as that. Legal, exactly. Legal corporate uh, gamesmanship, if you will, uh, is not going to persuade people yeah. to our side. Right. But the state using violence against peaceful people, as we heard in uh, Chris's call earlier tonight, yeah. where the the cops jumped him uh, essentially for not coming to the door fast enough. Uh, There are so many stories of violence and uh, the the state harming people. Of course, the the news media focuses on when when it happens in Iran. Then it's a problem. Then you know then the state is evil. But uh, the U.S. government, our own state, uh, for lack of a better term, is 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 beyond reproach. I was thinking about the North Korean thing with those two uh, Asian American reporters that the North Koreans are holding, and Mm. they have convicted them of crossing into their country illegally and. Uh, I had never heard any of these supposed people who are in favor of freedom on the talk radio and the networks and so on, these big names, whether they're in Boston or New York and they're broadcast all around the world. Um, I'd never heard them actually mentioning, well, gee, uh, they're always saying, oh, North Korea, bad, evil, evil country. So Mm -hmm. if they apprehend people who came over their borders, uh, that's terrible. (laughs) But the United States should do it all the time. The U.S. government should apprehend people who come over the U.S. borders, even though the power is actually not given to the federal government. It's reserved to the states, and people can look at a series of Supreme Court rulings that shifted it to the federal government, much to our chagrin and our, to our detriment. Uh, and, and they don't realize that, hey, you don't have to equate an evil dictatorship to the United States to say that some of the things the United States does are in line with some of the things that the dictators do. You know, it's... I mean, why? Absolutely. It's just ridiculous. It's crazy. Yeah, well, it is ridiculous. But uh, if they were to be so intellectually honest, then that would mean that their whole belief system was incorrect. Yeah. And so you they be, have no interest could, in examining the, those you details. Could, you could cross over the U.S. border illegally right now and then be apprehended by the U.S. government. And some conservatives would say, oh, you'd just be tossed right back out again. They wouldn't handle you. But you could also be held as an illegal det- detainee. Sure. An enemy, enemy combatant, combatant, and you could be held without trial in Guantanamo for Bay. five, six, seven years in Guantanamo Bay. Yeah, for as long as they want. Exactly. And uh, if nobody knows that you've been taken away, then how are they going to know to get you out? Better get those capital letters on the birth certificates, brother. <laughs> yeah, that'll <laughs> stop them from taking you down there. 800-259-9231. That is the SACL CAI toll-free line. So Dave Ridley, our friend yeah, yeah. Uh, and co-media member. Yeah was in court today. RidleyReport.com is his website. I believe he did a uh, live uh, broadcast afterward, and you can see that, I'm sure, on his site. But just to give you a rundown of what happened, he originally was arrested on disorderly conduct charges, which is our, that's their favorite catch-all phrase, uh, their charge. And he, he was arrested for disorderly conduct for the crime of being the media, of doing 
media-oriented things in a allegedly public place. He was in the courtroom lobby of the Keene District Court. Not in the court. In the lobby in front of the clerk's window where the public is allowed to come and go as they please. He was filming, uh, not filming, but video, taking video with his, uh, with his portable camera device, and they arrested him for it. Now, they, he, wasn't as dis, uh, he wasn't as disobedient as Sam, our friend who was also arrested for the same thing in the same place. Not as confrontational. Right. Uh, Dave went with the cops for the most part. I mean, he, they did kind of have to carry him out of the room, but eventually he began cooperating, and they let him out about an hour later, whereas Sam was in jail for two, almost two full months uh, for the same thing. So Dave's the trial they'd set for him uh, was today, this afternoon, one thirty, and about twenty, I would say, activists showed up. Awesome. The courtroom was only pretty much uh, occupied by activists today. There was one guy in the back that nobody recognized that stood up when the judge came in, but otherwise, every single person <laughs> in that courtroom remained seated as the judge entered the chambers. A couple of video, video cameras were allowed inside the court, so we'll give you the, the rest of the detail here in moments, and you can dial and bring up what you want. This is Free Talk Live. They say we're hated for our freedoms. Their solution? Take away our freedoms. Either you are with us, or you are with the terrorists. They spend both your lives and your money with reckless abandon. We're out of money now. We're operating uh, in deep deficits. One organization dares to dream of a world where nations compete for citizens instead of enslaving them. The Seasteading Institute is looking for pioneers to homestead the high seas and take civilization to the next level. Join the revolution at Seasteading. .org. Show is free talk live. You can take control of the airwaves. Just dial toll free 800 259 9231. That's the SACL CAI toll free line tonight. It's Ian with you and Guard. And you can join us online at freetalklive.com. All the features we give away, so enjoy those on us. Again, freetalklive.com features including the mobile site. If you've got one of those smartphone gadgets and you want to listen to our live streams, you can do that. At m.freetalklive.com. Takes you right to the mobile site. m.freetalklive.com. Freedombookclub.com invites you to participate in their summer reading event. Just go to freedombookclub.com, choose your preference from the four finalists, then purchase the book of the month. New winners are announced every month. Freedombookclub.com, making freedom a bestseller. That's freedombookclub.com. As we continue here, I was uh, regaling you with the the story of today's trial for Dave Ridley, the trial they forced him to attend, as they force all of us to attend. Uh, when because see, Dave didn't hurt anybody. See, there was no victim in this in this right, case. Right. Uh, Dave brought a video camera into a public court lobby and used it, and was arrested for disorderly conduct. So everybody was expecting today's trial, and as I said, about 20, uh, at least 20 activists turned out today at 1.30 in the afternoon when most people are at work. So 20 people at 1.30, pretty darn good uh, here in Little Keene, New Hampshire, at the district court. And so I think everybody was expecting Dave to be brought up on charges of disorderly conduct. After all, that's what he was arraigned on. So when he had his arraignment, or they had their arraignment for him, and that was at the time that Sam was arrested, they arraigned him on disorderly conduct charges, as I recall. I was there, and I, I may be mis, mis, uh, misrecalling, so if, uh, if you were, remember better, 800-259-9231. But at the beginning of today's trial, they asked what the prosecutor would be charging uh, today, and they said it was contempt of court. He wasn't in the court. 
That's true. Neither was Sam, but they're charging him with contempt of court as well. So the argument, of course, Gardner, is that, well, the court, which is the judge, the, the court uh, had a, 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 a posted order on the wall, which wasn't signed, as Sam pointed out and was arrested for it, uh, that the order said that there are no cameras. And so by bringing a camera in violation of this unsigned order, Dave is therefore in, uh, guilty of contempt of court. That was that's essentially the the state's argument, right? So, um, and, so and, well, sorry to interrupt, but yeah, uh, uh, one of the things that Sam has mentioned is, isn't it supposed to be within the judge's discretion? There isn't actually a statute about this. Contempt it's of the court? judge's discretion, Correct. on this, and so therefore Dave wasn't even he wasn't even encountering a judge, and you're not in a courtroom. So some judges might have different opinions than other judges about about things, and it's supposed to be within the actual courtroom. Yeah, a judge is only supposed to be able to control the courtroom. That's it. that's my understanding of it. But clearly, the government's understanding is different. Yeah. So uh, where does the judge where does the judge's control end? I don't know. Maybe it's your bathroom or something like that. How far does his jurisdiction go out from the actual courtroom that he's uh, in in which he sits? I I do not know the answer to this. Mm. Uh, but they charged him with contempt of court. There was no disorderly conduct charge, uh, so they had apparently null prost as they call it, the disorderly conduct charge, and brought in this contempt of court. Okay. Now, as you pointed out, it is our understanding, my, uh, my understanding, Sam's understanding, that uh, this contempt of court is like just an inherent power with the court, that there is no statute backing up the contempt of court charge, that it's just something that everybody knows that judges can do is say, shazam, you're charged with contempt of court, right. and then immediately sentence you. So I must ask, and maybe some of our listeners that are more lawyerly inclined could answer, why was there even a trial today? Exactly. Wasn't it just a show trial? I mean, not that they aren't all show trials for the most part, but in this one, there's no charge. The contempt of court charge doesn't really exist. So why were they allowing Dave to you know, call witnesses, which he didn't do, by the way. He had a, a different tactic that he wanted to take. I'll tell you about that in a moment. But why even go through the motions? Why not just say, I found you guilty of contempt of court, uh, you, you, you know, six days in the, the pokey? Yeah, that's a great point. I don't know. 800-259-9231 if you'd like to uh, wow. to, to add your expertise to this uh, to this conversation because I'm certainly not a lawyer and I cannot give legal advice nor do I know much of anything about the uh, the court systems. Very confusing to me. But either way, what happened was no one stood for the judge, which was a wonderful moment. Uh, I, 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 I correct myself. One man stood. We didn't recognize who he was. He was kind of in the back of the court. But the 20 people and the uh, the 20 activists none of them stood up for the judge which was just um, it's just amazing to see that happen it was great um but they uh, they went through the motions and uh, you know the state called their witness and they blabbed on about how they had this sign on the wall and they told Dave not to record and he kept recording and so they arrested him and and Dave basically did not offer any kind of defense he went in there and he told the judge look i'm i'm here to accept whatever punishment you give me and he made the point that he was interested in not – he was not going to, to pay any fine. And this was a, a classified as a Class B misdemeanor, which means that the fine is the only thing that the judge can, can issue in this, in this case. Mm-hmm. Now, they have the alternative of issuing a community service thing. So if they determine – this is according to the judge – if they determine that the individual cannot pay the fine, then community service is then an option for them. So Dave had told the judge that, well, I'm willing to do community service, but I will not pay you. Just kind of expecting that, well, he'd get community service and that'd be that. Mm. Well, the judge tells him, and this is, of course, after he was found guilty, 
The judge tells him that he's not going to accept community service. And he asks Dave if he can pay the fine. So he has to, Dave would have Dave to say, I can't pay the fine before the judge would even consider community service as an option. Right. So it's not a matter of Dave's willingness to pay the fine. It's a, a difference of semantics here, which is actually fairly important. It's Dave's incapability, according to the judge. It's not right. that I am unwilling to sacrifice the money to you. It's I am incapable. Please show me mercy and do something else. Exactly. And so Dave was not going to have any of that. Dave made the point that uh, the judge asked if he could pay the fine, and Dave basically uh, did not answer the question. He basically uh, not, was not in, interested in giving his financial information to the judge was essentially Dave's point, yeah. and so the judge said that well because we don't you know we don't have your financial information we can't go through with the community service which is nonsense. In the past the judge has offered community service without to other any people knowledge without that. any of this stuff. So at that point, well it's either the fine or jail because if you don't pay the fine, so even though they say that oh class B misdemeanor is only a fine, well if you don't pay the fine you, you go, go to, jail to jail at a, an amount of fifty dollars a day. As our friend Andrew Carroll, one of the other activists here in the area, spent nine days in prison for a four hundred twenty dollar fine on a marijuana uh, misdemeanor charge. Right, right. Um, and so Dave basically said, well then that's what's going to have to happen. And so the judge said, well, you can come back in a week, uh, report to the jail. And the judge was, you know, very nicey-nice about the whole process, right? Oh, he's just doing his job and, and everything. just shuffling paperwork next. Yeah. And so he offers a week, and Dave says, well, how about two? And the judge said, okay. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> so it looks like Dave Ridley will be attending the Porcupine Freedom Festival this weekend uh, because he's reporting to jail in two weeks' time to stay in jail for six days at $50 a day. It was a $250 fine, and for whatever reason, the judge calculated that to $6. I'm yeah. not sure why. Yeah. Um, but so there you go. Six days in jail on contempt of court, and the disorderly conduct charge, which is what he was originally arrested for, disappeared. It was no yes. longer available. It's like, it's like you're dealing with magicians. You know, it's like Bill Bixby from The Magician is out there sitting in the robes saying, okay, we're, we're not going to do this. Here's what we're going to do. <laughs> well, the, you know, the question I have, though, is what would have happened to Dave Ridley had that room been empty? What if there were no one supporting him instead of 20 people? What kind of an effect are the activists having? I mean, obviously, we'd rather he not go to jail at all. But would it be a 60-day sentence if there weren't 20 people sitting there? What would the judge be like in the absence of the activists? It's free talk live. Alakees.com is a community for self-learners. At Alakees, you'll find tools to help you connect with people learning the same things you're learning, tutor other community members, and to make contacts that can help you find jobs. You can also earn money by sharing your know-how with others and contributing quality content. Visit Alakees at A-L-E-K-E-S-E dot com. Again, that's A-L-E-K-E-S-E dot com. This is Free Talk Live. You bring up whatever you want. Just dial the toll-free number, 800-259-9231. the SACL CAI toll-free line, 800-259-9231. And it's Ian here with you. And Gart. And you can join us online at freetalklive.com. The features are free. They include the archives. We've got an entire year's worth of the show right there on the front page of the website. You click, you download. They're free for you at freetalklive.com. John Paul Kirshner, the author of More of the Deadliest Men Who Ever Lived, 
uh, you can actually join, excuse me, not John Paul, join Paul Kirshner, that author, as he discover, uh, discusses some of the world's greatest warriors and what made them so deadly at paladinpodcast.com. You can also listen to other authors such as Lauren Christensen and sniping expert John Plaster talk about their latest titles. Visit Paladin Press, where you can browse more than 800 books and videos on self-defense, sniping, firearms, and more. Remember, that's paladinpress.com. Hey, and, Ian, yes, just sir. a quick aside. Um, there's an interesting story that's out there right now about how the U.S. government stepped in to intervene to try to stop a lawsuit by the descendants of Geronimo against the Skull and Bones Society, here's a little conspiracy stuff, but, mm. you know, whatever, um, at Yale, because they say that they are holding on to some of Geronimo's remains. Weird. I mean, that's, like, bizarre. They said that they stole them from where he was in New Mexico or something like that, hmm. and and uh, and but the government intervened to try to stop this suit. And did, did they stop it? Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. I, like, why... Of course, we, you know, it's a good thing our tax money is paying for that, man, because that's, you know, really, really important that we get involved with a dispute between the descendants of Geronimo and those goofballs in the skull and bones thing. Yeah, I don't know about the whole skull and bones thing, but uh, secret societies, definitely not my bag. No, me neither, but it's, it's very interesting. I don't know why the government's getting involved with that. Well, nonsense. I mean, it's you could make the money. point that uh, a lot of the government guys are involved in the skull and bones thing, and oh, so geez. they're buddies. They're just backing up their buddies. Yeah, and I don't want to open up that door, no, but I thought it would be interesting I, I don't, to talk about it. Well, you, you probably opened it at this uh-oh, point. Uh-oh, uh-oh. Uh, but uh, you, let's take a brief look at uh, the, the Good Old Boys Network. You don't have to talk about what clubs they're members of to acknowledge that this exists. That uh, privilege and, and nepotism and, and things like that and favoritism uh, abounds within the system. That the, the police, for instance, are that they consider themselves the thin blue line, the brotherhood. Uh, this is all very, very open and obvious. If you just talk to some of these guys, some of the ones that are more uh, more honest, they'll tell you, you know, that they back one another up even when one another might be doing naughty things yeah. and doing things they yeah. aren't supposed to do. They'll still get backed up because. Uh, that's just the way things are. That they yeah. they look out for one another, and it's a good old boys network all over the place. You were just telling me during the break that you went to some party. Uh, uh, apparently, yeah, well, yes, yes. I don't exactly. want to get into the details, exactly. but there were some some of the muckety mucks within the system that were there. Many and, uh, many years ago, yes, it was a bachelor party, and you know, and and there were in, guys in, who were judges and guys who were prosecutors, and they're guys, and they yeah. want to party with their friends, and there are some interesting things that happen there. That it's legal when they do it. Is all I'm saying, absolutely. and it's the it's all of it's their club, you know, and so they back one another up. And maybe they're, you know, maybe they're in secret societies. Maybe they aren't. As far as I'm concerned, the government itself is the club, and the people that are involved in it at various different levels uh, protect one another. And hey, they don't have to be secret about some of the stuff that they do. That was the funniest thing about it when George Bush, when the Bush administration was caught eavesdropping on people and uh, wiretapping, contrary to the FISA thing from mm-hmm. 1978, when they were caught taking detainees and sending them over to uh, Central Europe to be tortured, uh, what just, happened? Just make it legal. Congress made it legal. Yeah. It's like, so, so you don't them. need to keep it secret because they're right. all corrupt anyway. Well, and I think that's the that seems to be the road that Obama's going down so exactly. far. It's just let's just make all this legal and put it right out there in the open. What you gonna do about it, Americans? Exactly. And I hope people will finally recognize that they can't sign on to this farce 
that the government is required to protect you and therefore must constrain your rights. Just like we've seen with Dave, with Sam, with you, with so many other people in the court system, with people getting on planes who would like to be able to carry firearms as they fly the planes and they're not allowed to. Mm -hmm. Uh, All these types of things... Why in the world do you continue to subscribe? And I don't, I don't want to sound too critical, but why, do, why is it so hard to get people to recognize that the sphere of their freedoms is being constrained over and over constantly into a tiny little compact black hole because they subscribe to the idea that government is necessary to protect their rights? It's not. It can't because in order to protect your rights, it, it has to destroy them. them. Exactly. Yeah. And even the smallest of governments... As long as it's acting coercively, will still violate everyone's rights. Because right. even if you're, I don't, it doesn't matter if you're stealing ten dollars or a hundred thousand dollars. It's still stealing. Yes, and that there's a long-standing debate. And you know, hey, people can have different opinions in the pro-freedom side. But uh, I believe, Ian, you know, meeting you has been terrific because you and I have the same sort of philosophy. We came to it independently by recognizing the immorality of even the small state government and we recognize the positive thing this is one of the things i love about your show so much i love about i love free talk live because you come up with the positive freedom alternative it's not just criticism of what's going on it's hey we're recognizing what's going on there's a problem here here's the root of it here's the alternative it's awesome Absolutely. More people need to talk about the root of the uh, the yeah. problems, and that, that I would like to see happen. In the meantime, let's go to your phone calls. Joe Rose is listening to uh, in West Virginia. You're on Free Talk Live. Joe Rose. Yeah, listen, uh, who are you talking about? Uh, uh, the guy that went to court. In, uh, Dave Ridley. Uh, Dave Ridley from, huh? wait, what, what name, Sam or Dave Ridley? Dave. Oh, yeah. it was Dave Ridley. I didn't. I, I didn't know which day that was. Yeah. Listen, I want to tell you something, boy. Y'all are, are um, advertising uh, for this one of the biggest crooks in America. Who's, who's uh, that? Yeah, now? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, he he charged me seven hundred dollars for thirty five pounds of hemp seeds. What are you talking about? Can't get him to do anything about it. He won't give me my money back. Thirty five pounds of hemp seeds, and I paid seven hundred dollars for it. Who are you talking yep. about? I'm. I don't have. I'm talking I'm, about the, uh, Tom with Hemp USA. Okay, that's not. Yes, it's not, I don't. Sure it's not one of our advertisers. Uh, it's one of the uh, the networks. I believe that's uh, one of our networks advertisers. And obviously, I, I can't uh, ver- verify or validate uh, your claims. Uh, if that really no, happened listen, to you, I want to tell you uh, this business of not standing uh, in a court. You know that is just uh, that. That's not a law. It's not a law that you have to stand when judges walk in a, in a, a courtroom. Are you are you uh, aware of that? I don't really uh, care if it's a law or not. Jail in Texas for not standing for a judge. I I'm not interested in caring whether or not it's a law. I'm going to not stand for judges because no, I have, me either. Yeah, me either. I went to court for thirty days. Can I ask why it is you paid seven hundred dollars for uh, thirty five pounds of hemp seeds? I mean, why you, you yes, brought it sir. up? What, what? Yeah. So why'd you pay pay that much me? money? Why did you? Was that the deal, or were you expecting to get more for your money? What's well, yeah, I sent them back to him, and he wouldn't give me my money back. He told me to send them back, and I sent them back. Uh, there's a, a preacher that's on um, on the radio that you know very well, and I'm not going to uh, I, say I don't, who he is. Most He's likely, a marvelous but... person, and he won't even do business with a man anymore. So let let me see if I've got you straight here. You you paid, you had agreed to pay $700 for 35 pounds of hemp seeds, 
Then, oh, no, 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 no. I no. paid $900 for 100 pounds of hemp seeds. And when they got here, they were not at all what I they were. I called the man. He agreed to take to take them back. They, you know, they hadn't been open. He agreed to take them back. And uh, he only sent me 35 He gave me $200 that he was going to charge me uh, for restocking. He gave the $200 back to me. That left $700 that... Um, that I paid, that was left owing me. And Wait, why did he give you two hundred dollars back? Of seeds. Why? Why did you get two hundred dollars back? Well, because he agreed that well, he wouldn't charge me the two hundred dollars stocking fee, which is ridiculous to uh, charge. So you were expecting to get the whole nine hundred back. You were expecting to get the full nine hundred back, but he only gave you two of the nine hundred, and so you your claim is that he owes you seven hundred dollars at this point. Oh, uh, very, very definitely. Uh, no, I'm sorry. I'm sorry to hear about that. I don't know how you can, I don't know how you can approach that uh, that that situation to to get remedy. Um, I, I wish you good luck and I thank you for the call. Buyer beware. 800-259-9231. And if he really did that to you, then uh, start you know spread the word on the internet. Uh, call the other it's shows. Like there's an open market for other people to step in. Yeah, I'm just sorry to hear about people getting things they didn't expect. That's never fun. More on the way. It's Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live, your show. You take control of the airwaves and bring up whatever you want. 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. 1-800-259-9231. Gardner doing some slow-motion head-banging here in the uh, studio. Rock on. Uh, yeah, you can bring up anything. Uh, we'll talk to you about it. Let's go and continue taking your calls, uh, though I want to tell you about our Free Talk Live shrine of female listeners, the dozens of ladies who've taken the time to send us their validated photo and prove they listen to the show. You can see them over at shrine.freetalklive.com, and if you are a lady listener, you can uh, get all the details for submitting your picture to the shrine at shrine.freetalklive.com. And we are accepting video submissions, though no one has, as of yet, taken advantage of that option. It's so. such a great site, and in particular, that's such a cool th- thing to look at. I'm looking at it right now. All right, you can focus. sort of go on your own there. Focus, I'll, Gardner. I'll be back in a little bit. Uh, all right. Uh, so, yeah, shrine.freetalklive.com. Let's continue with your calls. Lady listeners first. Karen is in Florida. You're on Free Talk Live. Karen. Hello. Hi, Karen. You're on the air. What's on your mind tonight? Hi, I was just wondering um, what we could do to prepare for the um, upcoming vac- mandatory vaccine. And if you have kids, will The upcoming we'll- what vaccine? The mandatory vaccine for the swine flu. When is this oh, happening? they're going to make it mandatory? Well, there already is a law that it's mandatory. Where is that did you a hear state this? or a federal? Yeah, yeah, is that Florida that's doing that? Uh, um, I believe it's nationwide. Okay. Where did you get this information? Um, Through Alex Jones' live radio show. Well, everything you hear on the radio isn't necessarily true. I'm not saying saying it is or it isn't. I don't know. But uh, take things with a grain of salt. Everything you hear, whether it's from somebody you trust or not, uh, there's always the possibility that uh, the the radio host you're listening to has been given misinformation and is just simply repeating uh, what he's heard. Or if you're hearing a caller make a claim, then it's uh, it's probably even less likely that uh, that it's true. But as, let's presume it is true. Uh, let's presume that mandatory vaccinations for swine flu is uh, is in effect, and of course. How they're going to find 300 million uh, vaccine, you know, uh, instances of uh, vaccinations to give the people? I, I don't know. I don't think that there are that many in in existence at this moment. But I don't really know any of that. So let's presume that it is true and that they're going to start 
Has there even a proposal or an idea as to how they're going to find you to give you the vaccine? Do you know what that might be? Well, they already started in the schools, and I have kids, and they sent home a note. Um, really? Saying they were, they were, yeah, that they were going to vaccinate the kids at school, and, of course, I didn't sign it. Mine have a religious exemption. Mm, but good the for law you. says even if you have a, a religious exemption, none of those will count. Well, Gardner, did you say you found like some? In 2007, I saw it um, yeah. with my own eyes. I did more research. Yeah, you, you know, got of course, it. I don't just listen to one source. And it was made into effect. I mean, they had been planning this pandemic for a while. Gardner, um, you're, you're pointing to me here, and you're looking like you found something to back this up. Yes, I have. I didn't want to. I didn't want to step on either of your toes here. But uh, first, on that religious exemption, it, that is stunning to think that they won't even allow you a religious exemption when it's very clear that Congress shall make no law abridging the freedom of speech or the free practice of religion. I mean, that 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 is. Right out there. Sorry, go ahead, and then I'll bring up what I just found to confirm what yeah, you were saying. Yeah, I mean, I have been finding across the board that all these, you know, one to 3,000 laws that are, are changed every year under our noses without our awareness um, are, you know, ever since 9-11, 45 days after 9-11 when Bush gave him more presidential power than any of our presidents ever had. It, it doesn't matter if Congress acts or not. They're just doing what they want, and the people, we don't even realize it until... It's too late, but they're proposing bills to try to reform it. It's some kind of mm-hmm. bill. It's like a home. It has to do with homeland security. Yeah, I got it. If you, do you want me to go through it for you? Yeah, I'd like to. I'd and like I'll, to hear I'll what you, you the link here. What now, you buddy. have there, guard? Because yeah. you're right. I mean, uh, Karen, they do do what they want to do. It doesn't matter what their own documents say. It doesn't matter what their constitution says. They'll do as they please, and you'll either obey or else yeah. you know whatever the or else means it could mean that they'll steal your child from you it could mean that they'll t- uh, take you and put you in a jail cell which also would mean they'll take your child as well yeah um and so i would recommend that if you have an objection to the idea of your child being vaccinated that you do whatever you can to get the uh, your youngster out of the government school system and homeschool or get together with other people that uh, are of a like mind and, and work out some sort of schooling arrangement. Uh, get them out of the system as quickly as you possibly can. Otherwise, Absolutely. I only recommend civil disobedience and non-cooperation, which, as I said, can have consequences uh, like you losing your kid. So if you're not willing to put that on the line, then uh, go ahead and jump through the hoops and get your kid vaccinated. It's, it's going to be one or the other. You either take a risk and live like a free person or you bow down and kiss the boot of the state. Uh, here's the information to confirm what you said down in Florida and all around the country. From what source? Um, it is the source. Thank you. That's the first thing I wanted to mention. Thank you. I almost jumped over it, and uh, you brought it back to my mind. It is from prismwebcastnews.com, but they do cite the actual law, and it is called the Public Readiness and Emergency Preparedness Act, P-R-E-P, slipped under the radar when George Bush signed it into law as part of the 2006 Defense Appropriation Act, H.R. 2863. It lets the HHS secretary declare any disease, an epidemic, or national emergency requiring mandatory vaccinations. Nothing in the act lists criteria that warrant a threat. Also, potential penalties aren't specified for those who balk, but very very likely they would include quarantine and possible fines. Again, that's from Prison Webcast News, and they have some other ones there that uh, that are all part of these 1,000 rules that are out there. And uh, there you go. So it is confirmed, and your suspicions are correct, and evidently there is not an exemption uh, for uh, religious beliefs. 
Here's an AP story. Uh, school children could be first in line for swine flu vaccines this fall. So it's not happening. Uh, obviously, their school's not in session in most places at this time. So next year, this could be coming a reality. And it does say could be first in line. So it's not. it doesn't seem, at least according to the AP story, not really a definite. Uh, but either way, you've got to be concerned about this stuff. They, this, this can pop up and become a reality. And then all of a sudden, parents are in your position, Karen, trying to decide what to do. It's your children that are on the line. I mean, a lot of people are very concerned about vaccines. They look at vaccines as uh, as dangerous. I know that Mark, uh, if he were here right now, he'd likely tell his favorite vaccine story about how he, when he was vaccinated for the flu, it was the sickest he'd ever been in his entire wow. life. Wow. And then the, when he was vaccinated again, he also got very, very sick. So yeah. it wasn't just a freak occurrence the first time. It happened twice, two out of two. You know, I'm reminded uh, as we talk about this uh, of the cover of a book that when I first saw it, I thought was very radical by Sam Blumenfeld, who's one of the great godfathers of anti-state uh, movements in the scholarly world. Uh, he wrote the book, Is Public Education Necessary? And on the cover of it, it has a photograph of the sheriffs taking a little boy away from his mother, who's in the background crying, and they're throwing him in the back of a cruiser mm. because he was homeschooled. Karen, uh, so any thoughts on what you might want to do about this? Well, I might put them back in private school, but I, I don't think that's going to keep them, in, um, you know, from doing it. I'm, I'm, um, I read about self quarantine, and they said as long as you're within, it's either 50 or 200 feet of people, um, and you put a note on your door that you're self quarantined. Um, it gave specific directions of what to do in case somebody in your family got it. You know, it talks about getting. Um, I've already ordered all kinds of herbal supplements. I know exactly what to get because I was cured of a brain tumor two years ago by taking Eviac, which was the government shot that down in the 40s when Green Case in Canada almost had it passed by three votes because so many people were healed from cancer and diabetes and everything. And um, so I'm just going to keep trying to educate myself and stay on top of it. Yeah, I don't think there's really a concern about contracting the swine flu. It's pretty much fizzled out at this point, hasn't it? I mean, where's all the the swine flu deaths? There's only been a a handful of them around the world. They'll come up with some other emergency. You know, this... Sorry, Karen? There's been a lot more, um, and if you go, there's a CDC website that has um, world maps, a United States map for CDC, of course, and it tells... Uh, how many people have died per day. And there's been a lot in the United States, but they didn't want anybody to panic yet. Now, they just declared the pandemic, what, last Monday? The, now, the swine flu... They've uh, declared vaccine. a pandemic? I mean, I haven't even heard... Not that I'm really plugged into the news. Admittedly, I'm not, but uh, I had not heard that. This uh, AP story is reporting that there are only 160 people that have been killed worldwide from swine flu. You're claiming it is higher than that? Yeah, I mean, I've been reading, uh, talking to people on YouTube how so in their town and in their family and in their school, and it's, it's, but see, the government doesn't want yet to create people to panic yet, you know. It's, so you're, it's your uh, assert, uh, assertion that they are, they're fudging the numbers? Oh, yeah. Oh yeah, I believe and, they and are. You, I mean, and you and you believe that that to be the that to be the case because you've seen something from the government that actually admits to it. Yeah, their CDC website admits to how fast it's been spreading, and so, how, of course they're not telling about all the deaths. Ah, uh, I see. Well, where wait, are, no, so, I don't believe them anyway anymore. I want. That's good. You shouldn't believe them. They're the government. Thank you for the call, and good luck there. I, I hope you can get your kid out of the government school. Whether or not they decide to go through with this plan, if if it's true or not, 
whether or not they decide to vaccinate all the kids in government schools, it's still a good idea to get your kid the hell out of those, those oh, places. Yeah. Yes. Uh, more on the way here. I'll see if I can dig up some more information on these allegations. Hour three is coming up. If you want to share your thoughts, you're welcome to bring up whatever you want. Free Talk Live. Attention, all active duty members and veterans of the U.S. military. Your proud service to your country entitles you with the right to participate in special VA loan programs with benefits not available to the general public, like the ability to purchase a new home with no down payment or mortgage insurance, or refi with cash out up to 100% of your present home equity with less strict credit criteria. You are entitled to these benefits. Review them online at varadio.com. This is Tim Lewis from iFreedom Direct and a veteran of Operation Iraqi Freedom. I want you to know that as a member or veteran of the United States military, you've earned special rights and privileges. On your feet and get the details at varadio.com. iFreedom Direct Corporation is a private lender approved by the VA and licensed in most states. In certain states, certain restrictions and limitations apply. For a current list of licenses, disclosures, and all benefits, go to varadio.com. varadio.com. We are launching into the third hour of the program. The toll-free number for you to bring up whatever's on your mind is 800-259-9231. the SACL CAI toll-free line. If you're brand new to the show, we mean it when we say you can bring up anything. Go ahead and give it a shot at 1-800-259-9231. Tonight, it's Ian with you. And Gart. And you can join us online at freetalklive.com. All the features on the site are free. Those other talk show hosts, they want to charge you for their sites. We give ours away at freetalklive.com, so enjoy it on us. Let's continue taking your calls about what you want. We're going to go across the pond, and we'll come back to the uh, the swine flu vaccinations that may be mandatory. We'll get to that here in a bit. But let's go to Ziggy, who's been waiting patiently in the U.K. Ziggy, you're on Free Talk Live. Yeah, last hour, Gart said um, that he didn't understand why people couldn't understand his logic. Okay, yeah. Yeah, well, I hate to break it to you, dude. Um, other people have different... Um, you know, they uh, have their own logic, um, and they have their own perspectives on liberty. Yeah. And, well, I know, it's stating the obvious. Um, I mean, for instance, take the tax, uh, the Rob, uh, Rob Peter to pay Paul tax argument. Um, basically, say, say um, one neighbour ha- is dying of an illness, and one neighbour is robbed to pay that um, person for, uh, that to pay for that person's treatment. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Now, of course, the libertarians will say two wrongs don't make a right. Most people will say the lesser crime is stealing, the greater crime is allowing someone to die. Interesting. That's interesting. Yeah, you know, Ziggy, it's 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 strange when you do have a set of ethics and a set of morals that uh, you say, look, the ends don't justify the means, and so theft is wrong, and once you open that Pandora's box... Uh, anybody's personal justification for a theft uh, is is always something that they can back up no matter what. Um, I, I find it quite interesting to say, look, at least what we could possibly agree on is to allow people to congregate if they wanted to allow that sort of predation to occur so that the ends would be justified, they, they would justify the means. Uh, they could have their own voluntary society where they would allow for a certain amount of predation for those emergencies to occur, and people could voluntarily live in them if they wanted to, and yeah, they wouldn't I, be forcing anybody to do that. I def- 
definitely believe in devolving power and what you would call seceding. Um, however, I can see people even having an argument against that. It's that, oh, if a bunch of anarcho-capitalists want to go off and set, off, uh, set, set up their own you know, community, what's stopping a bunch of neo-Nazis going to set up theirs? And then... Nothing. I uh, say let them. everyone else's. I think that'd be great. I think the neo-Nazis should get together and have their own little society. We get them the hell out of you mind. You know where they are, yeah. And, and of course, uh, that doesn't preclude us from hiring a private police force to keep them away and not doing business with them. True. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, it, it's it's strange, Ziggy, because as you brought it up, you know, those are my logical points, and I would think that people would recognize these things. I think people generally like to maximize pleasure and minimize pain. Sure. Generally, they like to be left alone, and generally they recognize their neighbor likes to be left alone. But unfortunately, I think government provides such an easy, slick, greasy, oiled, you know, you spread the pan on the bottom of the, of the, uh, of the frying pan way to get people to get involved in messing with their neighbor that they don't even see it sometimes. And so when you present, yeah, you present this argument, they're like, well, what do you mean? It's slightly different in this country. There, seems to, there does seem to be a culture of, shall we say, people being nosy, people wanting to know what their neighbor's doing. Um, oh, we've got that culture here uh, I don't America. know. Well, <laughs> I, I, I mean, in South Africa, it was different. I may, maybe it's because in South Africa, everyone used to live miles away from everyone else. Yeah. And that, that basically you got left alone. Yeah. Um, well, yeah, it's a lot easier for a business. Also, you were heavily armed in South Africa. Everyone had guns. Hmm. Well, <laughs> you, know, that, you may be right. I mean, if you've got a busybody that lives across the street from you, they're going to be a lot more interested in you than if you are two miles away from them down some dirt road. So I think you're right about that. And uh, and, and I think you're both right. I mean, Gardner, certainly the, the, the government system exists to shield people from the violence. So they don't realize that what they're doing when they make a demand uh, that they want, I think government should do blah, blah, blah. They don't realize that they are essentially calling for violence uh, to be threatened against their neighbors. They're essentially grabbing a hold of the, the gun in the room, even though it, they're not really holding it just sort of in a, uh, in a, in a virtual sense, if you will. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And they're grabbing that gun and they're waving it around. I mean, that's really what's going on, but they don't, they don't see it because the system so brilliantly obscures that from view. Uh, it's uh, frustrating. Well, as I said to you, you know, most people are always going to judge what's the lesser of two evils. Before I go, yeah. um, do you know about the protests against uh, the Chicago uh, Chicago pitching for the Olympics? Uh, yeah, I've heard something about that. Do you yeah, want to give us a briefing? Of, uh, uh, the, the, Olymp- uh, the Olympic Committee were having the latest round of pitches in um, Lausanne in Switzerland last week, mm-hmm. and a bunch of protesters actually flew out from Chicago and actually made it onto the uh, the news, the, the, the BBC went and interviewed them, in fact. Because they don't want the Olympics coming there, right? Yeah, because they've looked at, you know, London, who are the next host, and, you know, originally the, the budget was $3 billion, now it's $12 billion, mm-hmm. and probably is going to probably top $20 billion. So they know that it's going to be a humongous drain on their wallets, those people who live in the Chicago area or anywhere yeah. in Illinois. Oh, but they should uh, feel good I, about it. I wonder it because... if you're going to be able to support them some way. I'm sorry. Could we support them? Yeah, I think, I think it's it, it, it is it is definitely something which uh, government money should not be being spent on. Yes. Yeah, I agree with that. Maybe they should try not paying taxes and see what happens. Thanks, Ziggy, for the call tonight. Awesome. Eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. I mean, if they're serious enough to fly over to Zurich or wherever the hell it was, uh, yeah. then they should be serious enough to say, well, we're not paying for it.
You can bring him here, it's but we're not going to pay for it. Oh, and of course, the government's uh, going to say, well, it's good for the economy. We'll t- it'll uh, bring people here, and uh, they'll buy sandwiches and yeah. parking meters. And there stuff. is a sort of weird, twisted irony to the governments of the world supposedly getting together and launching doves into the sky <laughs> in these stadiums that have been you know, built Tax-funded. with money. Through thievery, exactly, and expropriation of people's property, and you know China flooding out hundreds and thousands of acres of land and Mm. taking people's property. It's like well said. It's weird. Let's continue with Ferb in Utah. You're on Free Talk Live, Ferb. Hello, gentlemen. Hi, Ferb. What's on your mind tonight? I just have a. I, when I tuned in, you guys were talking about secret societies, and I really don't know how seriously you guys can take that. I've got an experience that I had when I became a member, an honorary member of a, a major secret society on the campus of an Ivy League school. And what, what society that? is that? I can't tell you. It's not <laughs> secret. <laughs> so you're still a member then? Oh, uh, well, as far as I know, it's a lifetime tenure. Well, now, wait a minute. We don't know who you are. I mean, your name's not really Ferb, is it? It is. Oh, it is. Yeah, well, yeah. But I'm sure the people in the secret society wouldn't know Ferb if you were to mention what it was. Would they be able to track you down? Are they listening to you right now? I mean, how how scared I'm not really that paranoid. I don't take it that seriously. But you're taking it seriously enough to where you won't tell us even what the name of the secret society is? it's part of the game. (laughs) What's the the game? game? I went in there, I, I was a, a pizza delivery driver, and I got a call to deliver to this address. And I brought in the 20 pizzas that were delivered, and I t- turned around to get the money from the from the guy that ordered the pizzas, and they had some dude bound and gagged unconscious over some big football dude's shoulders. And then they kind of jokingly asked me if I would like to Oh, jokingly but menacingly asked me if I'd like to do a keg stand. <laughs> so oh. I, uh, I took a, I did the keg stand. This is my last delivery of the night. Uh, I did the keg stand. I broke the society's record for keg standing. <laughs> and then they offered me honorary membership in the <laughs> so, secret society. <laughs> so you came to a society, a secret society meeting as a pizza delivery man, and because you drank more beer than they did, they gave you honorary membership. Yes, that's exactly that right. That's crazy. <laughs> Sounds like something from Superbad. And, you, and you're so frightened of these people that you can't oh, even no, tell us. I'm not us. frightened at all. I'm not frightened at all. But it's you're just, you're just upholding your oath. Is that it? You just you know you swore an oath to keep it secret, and so you're just yeah, you're just honoring your, I mean, your I agreement. I said that I would keep it secret, and I take those. I mean, it's not like they would come after me if I told you what secret society. But you wouldn't was. be able to live with yourself. Very good. That's a man of honor. I, if you won't give us any more info, then the conversation's over. Thanks for the call tonight. Wow. I appreciate hearing from you. 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. Of course, the question is, what would have happened if he didn't do the keg stand? He did say it was menacingly suggested. More on the way. It's Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up whatever's on your mind via the toll-free number at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. Tonight, it's Ian with you. And Gart. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. The features are completely free, and so we invite you to enjoy those on us, including updates. You get signed up. We'll keep you in the loop whenever there's something you need to know about Free Talk Live. Just go to updates.freetalklive.com. Get on the list free. That's updates.freetalklive.com. 
LibertyAndLiberty.com. Now, if you want liberty in your lifetime, don't miss this weekend's Free State Project Porcupine Freedom Festival. It's happening starting Thursday, the 25th through Sunday, the 28th in beautiful Lancaster, New Hampshire. And, Guard, you and I were just talking about the weather for this weekend. And obviously, uh, they're not so good at predicting those things too many days out. Uh, but according to the forecast, it's looking like it's going to be a high of 81 on Friday and a low of 57, which will be absolutely beautiful. Uh, it's it's going to be up in the, pretty awesome. Yeah, it's going to be up in the northern part of the state, which I've never really, I've never even driven through it. Uh, I've never gone that far north in New Hampshire, so yeah, that'll be see, fun for me. See plenty of uh, evidence of moose. I have yet to actually see a moose. I've lived here all my Your whole life. life. I've never seen. I've seen the rear end of a moose. That's it. A lot of times people see their first moose when they run into them on the road yeah. uh, up here. Thankfully, yeah. I haven't had that happen either. You know what's great is you get those dumb bumper stickers that they put out. They say, break for moose. It could save your life. Well, I don't know. There's this giant 16-foot creature in front of me. Let's just keep going. What do you think you're going to do? Of course you're going to break for the moose. Well, I thought I I heard something somewhere about moose survival tips that said that it wasn't good to break for moose. Well, the the problem is that the bulk of the moose's weight, of course, is up at a level where when you clip the legs, it comes immediately right on, on top the, of you. The hood, yeah. And you, you just get crushed. People, are, that's why they die all the time. So yeah, it's it's funny. I actually was was joking around. I was like, you know, maybe that's actually just a big government piece of piece of propaganda. Maybe there aren't really any moose in New Hampshire. They just get people to dress up in moose costumes, take pictures <laughs> of them. You know, it's like the governor's like, yeah, yeah, okay, we got to put that out, get more tourists to come in. You know, surely you've known people who've had accidents with them, though, right? Uh no, I have not. Really? Although, even even though you've lived here, you don't know yeah, anyone who's no, even... no. I had a bear wow. in my backyard one time. That was pretty weird. And uh, you know, you see foxes, coyotes, stuff like that. So yeah. So the one of the nice things about summertime here in New Hampshire, and it is officially summer as of yesterday. Mm-hmm. Uh, but one of the nice things about summertime here is even at nighttime, it gets really cool. It's I mean, it's going to be the 50s during Pork Fest at yeah. night, so make perfect sure... Perfect for campfires. It is perfect, uh, but make sure that you uh, don't come up here expecting it to be sweltering hot the entire time, because while it may get hot during the day, it's going to be probably shorts weather during the day. At nighttime, you're going to need to have some something long, unless you're right next to the campfire, and let me tell you, you're still going to want to have... Uh, yeah. you know, you're still going to want to bring some long long pair uh, long pair pants or shirt or something like that. Yeah. Maybe, even, maybe even a hoodie or something to keep you a little bit warm. You can always... The one thing about New Hampshire is, if you dress too warm, you can always take stuff off. So Absolutely. don't be afraid to bring a few extra things, even if you think you might not need them. Uh, Porkfest is happening this weekend. You can go to porkfest.com and get registered. I heard a vicious rumor, and I haven't heard from the actual uh, organizer of the Porkfest yet, but I heard a rumor that the Rogers Campground is sold out. All right. Which is good news, yeah. uh, but it also means that it may be tricky for you to get yourself a, a camp spot because they've all been purchased at this point. That's not to say it won't be possible. It's very likely that if you haven't registered yet or you know, if you've been waiting till the last minute to do any of this stuff, I'd still say there's a chance that you can come up and and be there. It's just that you're going to have to ask around and ask for somebody to share their campsite with you or to you know share a tent with you or something like that. And the people here are so welcoming and so nice. I'm sure that uh, if you're as nice as they are, they'll uh, like you'll likely find somebody who's willing to help you out with that. But yeah. it's going to be something you'll have to figure out on your own. Uh, and there are some message forums over at uh, the Free State Project's website that people are trading emails and trading forum posts about. Well, I I need somebody in my tent. Okay, well, I need a tent, so people are getting together and they're they're working all that out spontaneously in a decentralized manner. There's no central committee that they have to go to to be assigned a camp, uh, you know, a camping site to share with somebody. So it's all working out fine. You mean they don't have government rules? What? I, 
Well, uh, hopefully not. I am hoping that the Porcupine Freedom Festival goes unmolested yeah. by the government this year. It has been in the past unmolested, but last year the Stadies showed up. I remember that. And they threatened Jason Osborne from SACL CAI. He had set up the SACL CAI fun tent, which unfortunately will not be making another appearance this year. Although he will be there, and he will be giving free uh, free drinks to Supporters Free Talk Live amplifiers Talk Live, yes. during the Free Talk Live program uh, on Thursday, Friday, and Saturday night. So still plenty of free drinks for our for our fans and supporters. Uh, but last year they came and threatened him because he didn't have the appropriate fire code stuff taken care of. He needed to have a couple of fire extinguishers hanging in the tent, etc., whatever. I, I don't remember what all the requirements were, but basically they threatened him with violence if he didn't uh, bow down and, and obey them. And he did uh, in that particular case, but I think eventually the uh, the, the liberty lovers are going to be tired of, of that. And I think that eventually somebody's going to say, no, we're not going to obey your rules and your regulations. I mean, we've been talking about how there's going to be illegal tattoos available yeah. at the Porcupine Freedom yeah. Festival. And we know that people read the forums, the, the police people, that is, the government people, they read the forums, and they li- probably some of them listen to this show. So I just – I was talking to the tattoo artist over the weekend because she's already up here uh, mm. in New Hampshire. Awesome. And I was talking to her about it. I just said, make sure you're ready because – I. I'm hoping it doesn't happen, but there is a chance that you've been announcing this in advance. It's just like any other instance of civil disobedience. I know she she's not couching it in those terms. She's not saying, well, I'm doing civil disobedience. She's just offering to give people a service that they're interested in. Yeah. Uh, but since she's offering it publicly, there is a chance that some bureaucrat will say, well, we need our cut. You either pay up or you know, we're going to arrest you. It's too bad they so, don't send guys with really heavy Italian mafia accents to do that stuff. It makes it a lot then more people obvious. People recognize, yeah. yeah. Uh, but but I'm I'm, you know, I'm just a little bit concerned. Yeah, but at the yeah. same time, it sure would be interesting, wouldn't it, if the government people did decide to go ahead and do something like that at at that in, at a in that fest? environment? Yeah. Wow, that surrounded would be great. by hundreds of of liberty minded people, all some of them with armed. maybe a few too many beers and are yeah. armed. Uh, I don't know. They, they'd have to be pretty ballsy to make a move like that. It's not to say they aren't that ballsy or right. stupid, uh, but we'll see what happens, right? Yeah. All right, so the Porcupine Freedom Festival is this weekend. Porkfest.com for more details to get registered. I don't believe that it's uh, it's too late. If, if it had been too late, they should have told us. So uh, even though the campsites might be sold out, you can still come up and enjoy the uh, the festival. I don't I'm, know I'm what... glad we get to talk about it beforehand yeah. like this. And, you know, I get to see you now, and then at the end of the week, I'll see be you up again. there hanging with you, man. You're coming out Friday, right? Yeah. All right. Yeah. Well, come on the show Friday night if you get a chance. Awesome. Let's go to your phone calls and talk to Alex in California. You're on Free Talk Live. Alex. Uh, yes. Hello, guys. Hey, you're on the air. Um, hey. Uh, first, quick shout out to the uh, beautiful ladies out on the truck. We don't do um, we don't do shout outs on this show. Okay, but. Uh, Back on the subject of forced vaccinations, um, this is a very real issue, and uh, we definitely are in possession now of evidence that an international corporate criminal syndicate uh, having an ex-high government office inside the U.S. is intent on carrying out a mass genocide against the people of the U.S. And we have activist groups now, yeah, yeah, using uh, this artificial genetic swine flu pandemic virus combined with a forced vaccination program to cause mass death and injury and depopulate. Now, now who is we? I mean, those are some pretty outrageous allegations. Um, Okay, I'm going to refer you to one of your uh, GCN Live uh, broadcasters as well. Dr. William Eagle, MD, has uh, for the last 12 years of his life dedicated uh, none other than all of his efforts to pursuing what he 
was aware of over 12 years ago, which is a, uh, a completely overt plan by the World Health Organization and these New World Order. Global so you're saying that uh, there's going to be mass killings in the form of vaccinations? I want to bring you back here in a moment. Uh, this is Free Talk Live. Are you an active free stater living in New Hampshire? Are you and your family moving to New Hampshire in the near future? A new web series about the Free State Project is currently casting. Interested? Send us a short video about yourself. Tell us what you're doing or planning on doing to achieve liberty in your lifetime. Show us what makes you interesting. Upload your video to YouTube and send the link to fspwebseries at gmail.com. Don't have a video camera? Ask about other submission options. fspwebseries at gmail.com. Free Talk Live, you can bring up anything if you dial toll-free, 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line, and tonight it is Ian with you. And Guard. And you can join us on our website. We've got live streams, broadband version, dial-up version, webcam, all free for you at listen.freetalklive.com. That's listen.freetalklive.com as we continue with Alex in California. Now, Alex, uh, earlier tonight, somebody had called in to, to suggest that she had heard somewhere that uh, they, they were going to start vaccinating children. And yeah. we, we did a, on a mass scale because of the whole swine, uh, swine flu scare. And we did a little bit of digging around. And at least according to the AP article, uh, it looks like they're certainly considering doing something like that. Whether they do it or not is still, uh, is still up in the air at this point. But you're saying you're taking it even a step further. You're saying that uh, not only are they going to be vaccinating people, but it's your belief that the vaccine will actually carry some sort of uh, infect- uh, infecting agent that will kill Absolutely. off the population? All you have to do is study a little bit of vaccination history and go back into 1976 when they had the uh, swine flu outbreak then. Yeah, I remember and, that. Uh, nobody died from the actual flu except for one person. Those who died were contaminated uh, vaccines. Uh, if you do your research on the 1918 Spanish flu, most of the people who died from that were injected with a contaminated typhus vaccine. And you believe that these are being contaminated on purpose? Yeah, yeah. This For what is purpose? A, uh, if, and if you, uh, we we have activist groups uh, which are now uh, downloading and spreading around petition forms to uh, file in, and also to file injunctions with your local district attorney to uh, to stop uh, and prevent forced vaccinations coming this fall uh, under WHO directorate. So uh, now wh- having. So yeah. you think that you're going to be able to stop this insidious plot, if it's true, by no, begging? I, I doubt we can stop it. Uh, all, all we can do right now is at least uh, get our foot in the door and what do you believe that, uh, Alex, what do you believe that the purpose is in poisoning people in this way? What, what, yeah, what's, what's the, the end game? Sadly, yeah. this goes back to an, uh, a very old, old, old uh, Illuminati sort of plan to really reduce population uh, globally. It's a genocidal program. But but if, um, if they were to do that, what would happen to their power base? And would it increase, or would they be it, tossed it, it, aside? No, it's it self-destructive. I I totally agree on that level. However, um, I'm strongly encouraging people to get educated about what is going on. The, if there is an injunction document they can download. It's a 109-page uh, list of criminal charges outlining in exact detail the genetics of this, how it got here, and what its purpose is, and who created it and why, and where we're going with it. Um, If I may just say, you go to Nutramedical.com and search for injunction. 
So and, you want somebody to file a 109-page injunction? I've uh, already done it in my area. Did you I'm actually read the injunction in before you? Did, yes. did you actually read the 109 pages before? Absolutely, you more than once. You couldn't write this in Hollywood. It's uh, it's the most evil. Uh, uh, what if it turns anyway, out you're it was wrong? Created by a team of doctors and legal experts, what if, including Dr. Rebecca Carley. Dr. What if Eagle, I don't know who those people are? What if you are Dr. wrong? What if, what if Alex, it turns out that uh, this doesn't happen at all and you were just speculating? Then I would be so happy to be embarrassed and wrong about what I'm saying now. I'd be more than happy to be grailed over, uh, you know, whatever uh, cross-examination if, or ridicule. Um, well, I hope, I hope that you are. I hope wrong. that you are wrong, although I do agree that if... If there is some sort of uh, plan to vaccinate, whether it's a poisoned vaccine or if it's a, a real vaccine, I, I don't know. But, uh, but either well, way, yeah, I, I highly recommend that people. you and your listeners to go to neutromedical.com. All right, that's enough. But, uh, anybody else, can, you can buy an ad if you want to plug things more than more than once. And even we don't really like giving free plugs. But thanks for the call. Uh, so what I was going to say is that I don't know if it's uh, if there's any truth to this. I don't know if it's going to happen. I'm wondering where do you file the injunction in some what court? court? In your local district court, your superior court. That's where you have to start, right? You have to start at federal court. Don't you have to start at the lowest court? I don't know. I I don't know. I'm not a lawyer. And and who are you trying to stop? Your local authorities, your state authorities, or the federal authorities? Great question. I'm not sure. It'll probably happen at a local school, but it'll probably be a federally mandated thing. And, and, you know, there's no denying. I remember I was on the air. You know, you you, you come up to the studio sometimes when I was on up in New London, uh, New Hampshire, at the time that the bird flu was all the rage. Mm -hmm. Um, and, of course, it didn't do anything except have governments wipe out a lot of people's livestock. Um, yeah. Uh, they passed a, a rule in the state of New Hampshire, a law that allows the Secretary of Health and Human Services to uh, quarantine people, to stop gatherings, to uh, confiscate private medical stores in stores. And uh, essentially scary. all they have to do is have the governor say it's a state of emergency. Sure. Man, that stuff that stuff exists across the country, yeah. uh, federal, local, state. They they have these provisions. But what I was going to to suggest is that if whether or not you think that the vaccine is a plot to kill everybody, or if it's just that they're trying to to do what they think is right and they're really just offering this vaccine on an honest basis. Uh, either way, if you're concerned about it, I suggest you do what I suggested for Karen earlier, and that is get your kids out of the government school, because that's how they're going to get to them. In fact, that's what the AP story is all about here, um, that essentially the Health and Human Services head bureaucrat is saying she's urging school superintendents to spend the summer preparing for the possibility that they might be turned into a shot clinic. Uh, the, the school essentially will be a mass vaccination clinic for, for children. She says, if you think about vaccinating kids, schools are the logical place. So if they do this, that's where it's going to happen. They've already got your kid in their clutches, and they will do with them as they please. So I don't know if there's evil intent behind this or not, that I don't. That's just pure speculation. Whether this even happens or not, we're not sure yet. But there's a good chance it could. I mean, that's essentially what they're saying. We're thinking this could possibly happen, so prepare for it now. And so parents should also prepare for it by getting their kids the hell out of the government school system as soon as possible. Yeah, it's just a good idea, just on its face, because they're government schools, they're indoctrination camps, they're like prisons, uh, and it's just you're not gonna, your kids aren't getting a good education there in the first place. Let's go to Dave Ridley. He's in New Hampshire. Hey. Dave, you're on Free Talk Live. Oh, hey, guys. Dave. Dave. Welcome to the show. Hey, man. Hey, guys. Hi, buddy. Oh. What's happening? 
Oh, you know, a little of this, a little of that. It's kind of routine here, but maybe it's a little bit more than what you'd find in most states. <laughs> a little, a little bit of jail, six days worth coming up in two weeks. You'll be reporting to jail. We talked uh, about your case uh, earlier here tonight and what happened in the courtroom. But there are some of the things I didn't get to cover. I don't know if you heard the discussion. Did you, Dave? I heard part of it. I was listening streaming, and it was in and out. Can you shed some light on on what happened in the original charges against you versus or what we thought were the original charges against you versus uh, what actually was charged in the courtroom? Or was there a difference, or are we this wrong is, in this? By the way, just to bring our well, listeners up to speed, this is Dave Ridley. He was arrested for disorderly conduct, for videotaping in the, uh, the or it wasn't a tape, but to, to, for recording video uh, in the public court lobby of the Keene District Court. There was the trial today, and the disorderly conduct charge had disappeared, and in its place was a contempt of court charge. So go ahead, Dave. Yeah, to me, there really isn't any difference. It's just two different charges that the government levies against people that haven't really clearly broken any laws mm-hmm. but it does seem um, odd that they stopped they dropped one and then they all of a sudden there's this other one that appears and people in the courtroom sitting there are saying where did that come from who knows they, they <laughs> pull it out of their backside mm-hmm. but um i did want to make a i don't know it's not it might sound minor but a correction um is something that you had said earlier Ian. they didn't have to carry me out you know, the first time when i was arrested um, oh, I, I recall seeing you being dragged uh, to some extent. Uh, was that not? I was pulled a little bit. I walked out slow, basically. Mm. I see. Uh, and there's a diff, and I think that's important because uh, I do think it's good. Like with the, whatever type of resistance you choose to show, it should be more or less sustainable. It shouldn't be changing from one day to the next. Um, and I wouldn't, I wouldn't have felt comfortable with like being dragged out and then later on saying, "Okay, now I'm going to walk." You mm-hmm. know, I just. Mm-hmm. It's just pretty much just walking. Walk where they tell you. Walk where they tell you. Walk where they tell you. But keep consistent with certain things you won't do. Uh, you want, one of my favorite questions that you like to ask that I, I don't know if you asked in this case was, uh, if, I, uh, if I don't, will you hurt me? Like when they tell you to do something, did you use that one on them at all? Uh, not today, no. Oh, not today, but in, when you were arrested? No, I didn't use that when I was arrested either. One, a couple of things that I didn't mention about your uh, the trial today that I wanted to cover, and I just didn't, we just didn't, it just escaped my mind. And now that you're here, you can probably recount them much better than I could. Uh, was your conversation with the prosecutor before the trial, and then the question you asked the judge right before he left the room? Can you share those with us in a moment? Yes. More coming up with Dave Ridley in this is Free Talk Live. Free Talk Live. Only moments remain. Maybe enough time for your call if you make it right now. 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line tonight. It's Ian with you. Ian Gart. And we invite you to our website. Freetalklive.com is the place to go. All the features there are free. Now, if you like the show, we can tell you that the website doesn't pay for itself uh, because it is free. So we need your voluntary support. And one of the ways that you can do that is by shopping with us at Amazon.FreeTalkLive.com. Just enter Amazon through that link and Free Talk Live will get a percentage of your purchase. Whatever it is you need to buy, whether it's uh, brand new or used, they've got dozens of categories. You can get user reviews of a whole bunch of the items that are on the site. Free Super Saver shipping on a lot of their brand new items as well. Uh, so get your shopping done and help Free Talk Live at the same time by entering Amazon through Amazon.FreeTalkLive.com. Again, Amazon.FreeTalkLive.com. We bring back Dave Ridley from RidleyReport.com to recount some of his journey to, uh, today. The trial was scheduled for 1.30 in the afternoon. Uh, about 20-plus activists showed up to support you right in the middle of the workday, which I thought was pretty darn good. 
And uh, the trial was originally going to be on disorderly conduct charges, but they replaced them with the much more nebulous, as though disorderly conduct wasn't nebulous enough, uh, the much more nebulous and unprovable contempt of court charge. I think the reason they did that, Dave, just to speculate a little bit, is because with disorderly conduct, there's actually a statute and had you wanted to mount a defense, which you did not do, you just basically said, give me the punishment, whatever it is. Uh, but had you wanted to mount a defense, and they didn't know what your your plan was necessarily, uh, that you could have probably defended yourself against a disorderly conduct charge, whereas there is no way to defend against a contempt of court charge. It's all just a judge's power that he has, and there's no real charge or anything like that. So I was even surprised they went through the motions of having a trial. It was really seemed to me just to be a show trial because when it's a contempt of court charge, the judge can just wave his hand and have you taken off to a prison cell and there's no trial necessary for it. So I found that kind of interesting. But before the trial even started, you had a conversation with the prosecutor. And I was wondering if you wouldn't mind recounting some of that for uh, for our listeners. Yeah, uh, the prosecutor, Chris McLaughlin, Chris McLaughlin was there. He was, I guess, substituting for Eli Rivera who had an injury the other day. And um, I had never met him before. I was glad to get a chance to meet him. And, uh, you know, he came over to me with some paperwork or something before it started. And, um, you know, we talked, you know, cordially for a minute or two there. And then we both sat down in our respective places. And I'm like, well, we're just wasting time. We're all just sitting around. I guess we might as well get something done with this time. So I just started quizzing him. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I asked him a question I ask a lot of jailers and bureaucrats. I said, do you have any kind of sense of, like, the percentages, the people that you prosecute or arrest, the percentage that's, that would be considered uh, victimless criminals that you that you harm, and um, he said, "Well, I, uh, it depends on what you mean by victimless criminals." And he wouldn't give me. I said, "Well, I'll, let me. I'll define that for you." You know, I said, uh, "A victimless criminal is someone who hasn't harmed or endangered others, basically." And um, he's like, "Yeah, well, I wouldn't really know what the burger percentage was." And I said, "Well, are you comfortable with the number of those that you are, you know, the number that you're prosecuting? Whatever the percentage is, are you comfortable with it?" He goes, oh, yeah, yeah, and, and I I said, um, I can't remember what I said after that, but I think at some point in there he goes, hey, wait, am I being recorded? Yeah, I had <laughs> indicated to uh, Nick Ryder, who was in there from LifeProductions.com, and he had his camera set it up, and I'd, uh, and I'd asked him if he was recording this, and that when I made that gesture toward him, that's when the prosecutor figured out that, that the entire conversation had been recorded. He had also said something to you um about how he was it basically seemed like he was proud of that. Not only did he accept it, but he was also proud of the wow. fact that. And I don't remember the exact words either. I'm sure the video will hit the uh, the internet here at, at some point after Nick has a chance to ingest it into his uh, his computer. But basically, he he publicly embraced the idea that he was sending people to jail because they had not harmed anyone else. That was the impression I got from this man. Also, I should mention that Nick did inform everyone he was audio recording. I don't know if McLaughlin was in the room at that point or not, but you know he he announced it. Uh, I think after he started the recorder, he goes, "Okay, I'm audio recording." Mm-hmm. And awesome. then it was a couple three minutes later that my conversation with McLaughlin began. I hadn't really thought about the fact that the recorder was on, um, but I guess it was. Yeah, I think that'll be the 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 most valuable footage uh, from today because you really got that guy. Uh, answering some questions in a way that made him look like a real dirt bag, uh, and I think that'll be a, that'll be great when that comes out, and yeah. we'll post it over at freekeen.com when it's available. But then at the end of the uh, the show trial, you threw out a, a what I thought was just an absolute bomb of a question, and it was a bomb in a good way because it was just completely unexpected, caught the judge by surprise. Of course, 
he handled it the way uh, I, I expect that he might, which was to ignore it completely. Uh, but that said, what was the question you'd asked the uh, the judge at the very end? Well, the reason it caught him by surprise is because it caught me by surprise, too. I was just kind of spontaneous. You know, I thought, oh, this is over. They're asking me if I have any questions. Well, of course I have questions, you know. And that was just the first one that came to mind was, how about the guy you guys killed? You know, so apparently, uh, I don't know if they killed him, but they, they put somebody in jail uh, in January in the same jail as Sam. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was there for six months or something for, like, some traffic violation. Oh, yeah. yeah. And he died there. Wow. 33. 33 years old. Died in jail. They haven't figured out the, the cause yet. He was the one who was yet. awaiting trial, and they wouldn't give him a trial. I, yeah, I think that might have been him. I'm not sure as to the details on the, on the, on the individual case. But he, he had not harmed anyone. He was in on traffic violations, and uh, like it was a suspended, suspended license or something like that. Oh. And he's 33 years old, and he died for some reason. They don't know what it is. And that's the very same jail you're going to be going to here in uh, two weeks' time. For a six-day sentence, because the judge would not accept your offer of being willing to do community service, which I thought was just amazing, considering he had uh, accepted similar circum- uh, he had accepted that from other people in the past. But apparently it was only after they refused to pay uh, the fine, and even though you refused to pay the fine, he wouldn't accept the uh, the community service from you. I mean, it was just bizarre today. Very strange. I think it's the same old story. Somebody up the chain or someone in his circle of friends is going, hey, we can't let this uh, you know, community service thing spread, you know, because we don't get any revenue out of that. Right. Well, they don't get any revenue out of putting you in jail. That costs them money. That costs yeah, like 60 true. to 80 bucks but a another day. Thing, another thing I wanted to mention is that, well, I guess I should say that the exact thing that I asked the judge was, it wasn't exactly like I put it before, I just said, what I said was, uh, do you have any questions or something like that? And I said, I said, yeah, I said, do you have any concerns about the man you sentenced to death? <laughs> what did he say? What was his response? Nothing. Said, Do you have any concerns related to your case? Yeah. And I said, then I, I started to say something. By that time, he was practically out of the room. What a mess. Here's my question for you. Final question, Dave, and we're going to move on. But uh, do you feel like you'd have been treated differently had there not been 20 activists sitting in that courtroom? Yeah, probably. It's hard to say. It's just one of those things you can never do it both ways. Right. Yeah, you can't say. I mean, and, and who really wants to take the risk to find out what yeah, would happen if absolutely. no one was backing them up? You can only uh, speculate. But... So we're well, glad you're see, out the there. Thing is, yes. It's probably beyond our power to, to heavily affect what the authorities do at this point. Mm-hmm. We can affect the results and we can we can't make them shrink at this point we can make ourselves grow mm. that's the thing that people don't think about very much we, we can we have enough power now to leverage all their attacks into 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 our advantage basically yeah make point. us a bigger movement make yeah. it more um but get more publicity get this out there and bring people here that care enough to actually do something there there will be change it will happen because these people are the the doers these activists that are coming here uh to new hampshire as part of the free state project they're awesome and uh, it's great to be here it's great to be here with you dave and we'll look forward to seeing you this weekend at the porcupine freedom festival ridleyreport.com yeah <laughs> thanks guys and thanks for coming thank thanks, you sir dave. we'll uh, see you this weekend let's continue with your phone calls uh, about whatever you want talk to dan in pennsylvania dan you're on free talk live on the amp line hey guys uh uh, also, hey I I am recently a cabal member at Lear, uh, LibertyConspiracy.com. So oh, thank you so much. Uh, thank you. Uh, uh, yes. I just caught up on the podcast, and a couple of nights ago, somebody called in about agorism. You got an email also, and it didn't seem like you guys really seemed to understand what the uh, what the point of or well, at least Mark didn't. I think you'd understand it more or less better in the end. But uh, well, isn't the, the point of agorism? 
What was that? You're, you're saying we didn't understand the point of agorism? Yeah, well, yeah, because, um, well, one of the things that you said was that, uh, you know, there's been a war on drugs going on for a long time. Drugs are in the black market, and you haven't seen that expand into a, you know, into a big counter-economic movement. Mm-hmm. And the reason for that is the the drug market is what we would consider red market. That is illegal violent crime whereas the state is, by definition, legal violent crime. Mm-hmm. Right. And so the first task of an agorist would be to take away market share from the red market, you know, from the, the pushers and the, and the pimps. But and it, the, wait uh, a minute, wait a minute. Every drug dealer I've ever known was never violent with me. Well, yeah, but... So doesn't that make them agorists by, by virtue of operating outside of the legal system? Doesn't that, by default, make them an agorist? Well, no, that's another thing. Um, counter-economics, you have to have counter-economics uh, defines out, you know, outside the system activity, but to be an agorist, you have to believe in the non-aggression principle. Oh, I Got see. It. Okay. Well, I wish we had more time for this, but we don't. So call back some other night. We can expound. And I thank you for the call. And Gardner, thank you for taking the time to come in tonight. Thanks, man. I'll see you Friday, brother. Yeah, and people can hear you in the meantime at libertyconspiracy.com. And we'll see you tomorrow night at freetalklive.com. Get on the ground, mother You and your spouse are going to jail and your kids are going to Child Protective Services. You're busted for possession of marijuana. Hi, I'm Barry Cooper, ex-narcotics officer trained by the DEA. My DVD, Never Get Busted, has recently received world attention. I switched sides and I'm now touring America with the message to end this war on people that has been labeled the war on drugs. Go to Barry's website, NeverGetBusted.com, and order your DVD to Never Get Busted. On it, I'll teach you secret drug enforcement tactics and how to avoid narcotics profiling, how to conceal your stash, and I'll teach you how to fool drug dogs every time. I'll teach you how police know when you're lying. You'll get to go on patrol with me and watch actual marijuana arrest on the highway and learn the mistakes citizens made that landed them in jail. Go to NeverGetBusted.com and arm yourself with the information you need so you'll never have to hear these words. Get on the ground, mother You and your spouse are going to jail and your kids are going to jail. Log on to NeverGetBusted.com.